0: Bell birthday. I will sign your sheets, but you need to know I'm not here to service your hours. I'm here to service these young boys.
1: And this week, we're psyched to drop the knowledge, give you guys that fantasy football goo like we always do week in and week out. And this show, we are hyper drive through week five, going to give you guys what you need to know about weekly matchups and which players to play, which guys have the tough matchups, which guys have the easy layups, and all that good stuff for week five. We're pretty excited to get it going for you. There are bye weeks this week. So, put that into consideration. The Falcons, Broncos, Saints, and Redskins will not be playing games this week. Put your lineups accordingly. As usual, I've got Houdini to the left of me. i got Stag Party across the way. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And let's get this party started. Fired up.
2: What's up, boys? What's going on, man? It's been a, a crazy week. Um, so... It'll be nice for everyone that's listening we're just gonna give you football and uh, and have fun with that exactly we'll entertain you with football we won't try to keep this thing
1: as light as possible but tough times uh, in the United States of America the opening music there was Tom Petty um, I think all of us I saw I read something that uh, he, he was just he was a real-time. Icon, like he was classic rock real time, mm-hmm. that's an amazing way to say it, classic rock real time, like when he was creating new music, you were like, this is a classic rock song already and it just came out, uh, really, actually pretty sad about that the last couple of days, uh, I was happy and lucky to see him at Wrigley this summer. Oh, nice. But, uh, man, just what a powerhouse. I mean, that, you just listen to that guy's music. It's unbelievable. So, have, uh, rest in peace Tom Petty. Thank you for everything he did and uh, uh, condolences go out to all his bandmates, all his family, his daughter, his grandkids, wife, and all that stuff. Uh, r- real real tragedy.
2: And same thing to all of the, the victims of the worst mass shooting in American history. Uh, senseless act of violence. So, all of our thoughts and prayers are with all of those families as well, for sure. All right, so we'll try and keep it on football,
1: and uh, let's let's do what we do best. And help you guys um, power through and uh, do what it takes to win your week for week one. As we usually do, we go off NFL dot Not week one, week five, sorry. <laughs> uh, as we usually do off of NFL.com, we go to schedule, uh, hit game uh, week five on there, and then we just go from the top
2: down. Uh, what do you got? And so the teams on by is the Falcons,
3: the Broncos, the Saints, and the Redskins. So my offensive firepower is on by this oh, week But it also comes as an opportune time for certain teams, like the Falcons, who need to get a guy like Julio Jones fully healthy. Uh, He missed a good portion of last week. And, you know, Rob Kelly needs to get healthy. So this is a good time for a few of these teams to go on by. I agree. All right, so Thursday
1: night game and two nights is going to be the Patriots at the Buccaneers. Um, Hopefully, you know... And we got another good one in in store for us. Um, Let's start with, as we'd like to do, the visiting team, the Patriots.
3: Yeah, the Patriots. I mean, they've been doing everything you want of them. Uh, The only thing you haven't been getting is the bunny touchdowns out of Mike Gilleslie, and he hasn't had those huge fourth-quarter leads where he just racks up carries. Uh, So that's really affecting his value. But, uh, against Tampa Bay who could still be without, you know, both of their starting linebackers, strong safety TJ Ward who they missed last week. It's going to be tough for them to stop the Patriots. And what they've given up to tight ends so far is a great matchup for Gronk. I mean, you're looking at a guy like Chris Hogan, who's had three top 12 weeks in four weeks in standard leagues so far. He's locked into your lineups. Brandon Cook should be locked into your lineups because he just hosts corners who are slower than him. Uh, And Tampa Bay doesn't boast a corner with sort of his sort of speed. So everybody's in play here in the passing game. The question is, what do you do at running back?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I I think also the thing is with Brandon Cooks, I just want to go back to the receivers real quick, because you have Danny Amendola who's back, and when he's healthy, he's the guy that's really working those underneath routes. As you said with Chris Hogan, look at the way that he's being targeted. So he got nine targets last week, and I think Cooks only got six. So, Cooks is, is becoming a more of a guy that you have to look at the matchup to feel super comfortable about starting him. You know, it's not like he's got to be a definite lock into your lineup at this point in time, the way that he's been playing. Um, as far as the running backs go, Gillislee is at least getting the majority of touches, but he's not like he's dominating in that regard. And He doesn't add anything from the receiving standpoint, so you're not getting those points unless he's scoring touchdowns. You got Dion Lewis, who's... Uh, becoming that secondary runner, but James White is really the guy that's doing the damage, especially in PPR league. So it, it, that three-headed monster becomes. I only really want Gillis if I'm in a standard touchdown-heavy type of a league. I only really only want James White if I'm in the PPR league. Well, you look at the you look at the snap
1: counts for um, New England, and it's actually shocking. that Gillis only had 18 snaps this week, uh, and you got what 43 for White. So, uh, we know, Rex was out. It looks like he practiced today, um, back from what a rib injury. But that those numbers for Lee owners are scary. The fact that he's only on the field for 18 snaps, and the fact, and then the, on the flip side, the White owners are super excited
3: because he's
1: getting a lot of the, he's getting a lot
3: of plays. That's just game script. So if the Patriots are trying to come back and they have to throw, James White's going to be on the field. If they've got a lead late in the game, it's going to be Lee It's it's not that hard to predict what they're going to do. We just have to. Get a little bit better performance out of the Patriots' defense, which has been absolutely horrendous through four weeks, That's and and, and then yeah, we should start seeing a little bit. Of it. And yeah. then we should start seeing a little bit more from Gillesley in terms of clock killing. Yeah, that's what made Laguerre Blunt so good
2: last year because the defense was good. They were up on everybody, and then they could just start hammering you down down the throat in the third and fourth quarter. Haven't seen that this year. So, Well, one, to go
1: back to the wide receivers too, Hogan obviously on fire. Um, four touchdowns last three games, some light, nice long ones. He's only trailing uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, he's got eight red zone targets, uh, which is only uh, – Larry's got ten. So good times all around. Good uh, Evan Silva tweet. Four games in. Chris Hogan has more targets, catches, and touchdowns than Brandon Cooks. Uh, Cooks just leads him in yards. So Hogan owners pretty uh, got to be pretty excited right now. And uh, quick, we'll do a quick pro, um, pyro promo while I'm mentioning Evan Silva. We're having our um, tweet up party uh, this weekend is uh, Friday night at the Hidden Shamrock. For those of you that are in Chicago or in the Midwest and are willing to drive or cruise into Chicago, we'd love to have you. Basically, we're doing a forty dollars all you can drink deal. The Cubs are going to be playing. What other games going to be on? Just other baseball? Uh,
3: other baseball. There'll be some football on as well. College football. Be football.
1: football. Um, so. We're excited for that one. We got uh, Scott Fish of Scott Fishbowl Fames coming in. Um, who are some
3: other guys that are coming in? Uh, a couple of the guys from Yahoo, I believe, Mike Beller from SI, Pat Fitzmaurice. Yeah. A couple of the guys we play in a league with. So that's gonna be nice and fun.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So I promise you we will be throwing back some shots. We'll be drinking some I'm going to try and get
0: some beer pong. This tried to grab my joint. Language, Ronnie. My language is English. And this motherfucker tried to grab on my hang down. <laughs> Got my own hang down to touch, kid. Oh, you yeah, asked one of the handful on my ball. see, that's racist. <laughs>
1: uh, so please come out. Uh, it should be a good time. We're firing up the pyro party this Friday um, at Hidden Shamrock. Rock. Um, all right, let's go on. Uh, anything else to say? Okay, let's move on over to the Buccaneers. Um, I mean, Mike Evans, we'll start with him. The guy's a friggin'
3: beast. Uh, he seems, just, just lock him in. Yeah, yeah lock it's him It's pretty easy play. with Mike Evans. Yeah, uh, 46% they're, of the red zone targets. Uh, and they're, so the Patriots are just giving up big play after big play. They've got communication issues in the back end right now. Stephon Gilmore, their big free agent signing, was benched in the middle of that game, ended up coming back due to some injuries but he's been letting up some big plays. Uh, the, you're locking in Mike Evans, but that's also a reason you're liking Deshaun Jackson on the other side because his big play ability is something that really hasn't shown through except for one play from Jameis Winston. Um, I, I think you got to like Jameis in this matchup as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers just sent out a tweet that Jameis just had his first ever 300-plus yard passing game with three touchdowns and zero interceptions. Mm. The only issue with that is that's happened 66 different times since Jameis has entered the league in 2015. Uh, so just based off the probability of 66 divided by 1,150 uh, 1, games, you should expect him to have two by now. Uh,
2: understandable. But the other person that I like in, in, this, uh, in this matchup is Adam Humphreys. And you look at the way that he's been working underneath. So you got Evans who's taken the, the off that down the one side of the field. You're using Deshaun Jackson basically just as that deep threat receiver. We're not really seeing Deshaun do a whole lot more unless we're just trying to get him on the a little screen or a little rub or something like that. So Humphreys is the guy that ends up in these situations being that, that guy that's just kind of working in the middle of the field and, and being underappreciated. Now, is he going to get the touchdowns? That's not really part of his repertoire. So, so if, But if you're in a, in a PPR league, and if you're in a league where you're looking for one of these fill-ins, if you had uh, some of these uh, big-time players, you got Michael Thomas on a buy, you got Julio on a buy, you got some of these other guys, this is a good place that so you can kind of look for a fill-in.
1: Do you, what do you guys think? Uh, obviously, O.J. Howard had a nice uh, touchdown this week, and uh, Braid's been playing amazing as well. Uh, what are your expectations? you guys like in starting Braid? Can you start it's, thinking about moving O.J. into
2: the discussion? Not yet. It's still Braid. Braid's the guy that's the safety blanket for uh, because look at it. Howard had that big play it was busted coverage early yeah. in the game and then he only finished with two catches for 63 yards. So uh, you know after that he really wasn't part of it. but you look at what Cameron Braid is when they're in the clutch and they're coming down in the fourth quarter and they're on these drives where they need to have something, Braid's the guy that steps up. So And Jameis Winston just has, because they're going to double cover uh, Mike Evans, and you're going to leave him on single coverage with a linebacker or a safety, and he's able to take advantage of those situations. The other thing real quickly that I really like for Tampa Bay is that look at the way how horrible the Patriots' defense has been playing, and now they get to get them on a short week. So they have to come to Tampa. They don't get all the real time to get anything really fixed in what they're doing wrong with their defense. So that's another good reason why Tampa Bay may be able to exploit that.
3: Yeah, with the Patriots, their coverage linebackers are just really lacking right now. So I think both tight ends are you know, in play. I think Kim rates the guy more likely to do it. The targets have been more in his favor, and as we said, that was sort of a broken coverage that he got loose on. Yep. Um, so O. J. Howard though I think is gonna grow and grow, but he is seeing that four to six target a game. And I do... I'm not sure about Humphreys. I mean, he has a lot more targets than you'd expect. He's got 20 targets in three games with 14 catches. And over the last two games, he has 17 targets. Uh, week one, they got or week two, excuse me, they got Chris Godwin a little bit more involved as that sort of third ancillary receiver. Uh, he's sort of fallen back into the pecking order behind Humphreys in their designing plays for Humphreys. So that's something to keep an eye on. The real question from me because I think you start the two the two uh, main wide receivers there I think you start Cam Bray, I think Jameis is definitely in play, is can you start Doug Martin who is returning from a suspension and what kind of workload is he going to be especially when we consider he got back what Monday and it is now he has to play on Thursday. Is he going to get more than 10 to 12 touches in this game to, to make him a sort of a viable flex option or is he sort of you got to wait a week and see. I think it's a wait a week and
2: see, unless you're in a situation where you're, you know, stuck with just a complete crap-ass backfield. If you just lost Dalvin Cook or something like that, and you're in a situation where you're, you're kind of picking up off the, the scrap heap, then, yeah, you're going to try to go with him. But I think installing, again, on a short week, it's not as much time. He didn't. He's not able, when he was suspended, to be able to – was he able to practice with the team? So he's away from the team, so he's not able to have that cohesion at this point in time. So to expect him to come in and all of a sudden be a 15-20 to carry guy, I don't expect that to happen. And especially, you know, Quiz had a decent game last game. and busted off a big 36-yard run. So why not meld it right now and then gradually bring them along more so as we come to next week. What I've been noticing
1: via our second opinions and questions being asked on Twitter and just my teams and teams in my leagues is a lot of teams right now are having... Issues fielding good running backs. So I have a feeling a lot of teams are gonna that had him and have been stashing him are going to play him just because their situations are pretty bunk. A lot of injuries have been happening in the position and it's been more futile uh, to, to begin with. So uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, this is going to be Sunday uh, the 8th, right? So, yeah. Okay, Sunday 8th. Jets at the Browns. Let's haul ass through this one.
3: Yeah, I think it's Bilal Powell in the backfield. He got sixty, upwards of 60% of the snaps. Uh, a lot of the running back touches, Elijah McGuire did, did look better because of a giant, giant run uh, during that game. That guy's got some juice, but he's sort of another one of those redundant assets to Bilal Powell. Uh, Matt Forte, I think they're just going to slowly wean and wean away from him. No need to sort of push, you know, your agenda on a 32-year-old running back when you've got these young guys that you really need to see play. Robbie Anderson looks like the guy who's stepping up as wide re- as the wide receiver over the last couple of weeks, and Jermaine Curse has sort of been that seven-eight target range over the last couple of weeks. So I think he's, you know, a wide receiver five in leagues, and Anderson's another wide receiver five dart throw. Uh, But the real guy to talk about here, I guess, is Austin Safarian Jenkins, who over the course of two weeks has 10 targets and has been extremely efficient with his targets and gets to go up against a team in the Browns that aren't very effective at defending the opposing tight end position. Uh, when you look at the Browns, they are allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, and they were the worst team against opposing tight ends earlier this season. They allowed Jesse James to score two touchdowns. They allowed Tyler Croft to score two touchdowns. Ben Watson had 98, or 91 yards against them. Everything lines up for a pretty strong week from ASJ, so if you're struggling at the tight end position, that's a guy you can look to who might still be under waiver wire. Yeah, and the only other thing I'll say
2: about uh, the Jets here before, uh, I'll leave it to you if you want to have anything on it as well, but Robbie Anderson, okay, this is one of those games where I think this probably could be more of a breakout game for him, but does it mean that he becomes fantasy viable? And I just don't see it, by, by looking at, the, at his performance on a weekly basis, is the guy that's getting the, those targets downfield, but he's not getting enough. And so he ends up being, um, you know, getting, ending up with like three catches for, for 50 or 60 yards, and that's about it. And so maybe this is the one where he's going to end up with five catches for 85 yards, including a 45-yard touchdown. Uh, this presents one of the better opportunities. But again, if I'm looking for a guy that I can pick up off the waiver wire for long-term stability, I just don't necessarily see it there. It's too much inconsistency with Robbie Anderson.
3: I mean, he's had at least four targets every week. Uh, At least two catches in every game. He's only really catching half of his targets a week. That's the thing you need to see improve. But also, Josh McCown's struggling. And Josh McCown at least gets the benefit of going against the Cleveland Browns defense here. That's where we could really see this. Former team? Yeah, we could really see this go well for the passing game. Um, So, other than that, I got nothing.
1: Cool. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Browns offense looking pretty. Brownie. Um, yeah, looking Brownie-esque. Uh, Kaiser, let's start there. Just not getting it done. I think everything. He looks like, in my opinion, I mean, Crowell looks like a totally different back as a guy that was, uh, you know, a top 10 considered a running back going into drafts in the fall or late summer. Um, just, just probably right
2: now, of all the running backs that were in that zone, probably the biggest bust. Yeah, uh, well, and, and part of that is because you're, as a defense, going to do everything you can to stop that and make the rookie quarterback beat you. And right now, what's happening with Kaiser is that you're seeing when he's throwing, he's throwing it inconsistently because he's getting hit a lot. He didn't only well, got sacked one time uh, this last week, but he takes a lot of hits. And so he starts to see and feel demons coming that are not necessarily there, and that's what happens with rookie quarterbacks. So uh, until... That changes, and, and, you know, do they have the most dynamic weapons? No. So, you know, is anybody really getting that completely open for him to feel comfortable? No. So he's he's forcing a lot of balls. But they're also dropping on him, and that's a huge thing for what's going on with Kaiser right now. His
1: guys are dropping the ball on him. He would be looking a lot better stat-wise. Their drives would be not ending and being three and outs as much. He His team and his receivers have got to step it up. The only guy that seems like he's... Looking like a player is Duke Johnson and looking like a good receiving option for him at this point.
3: Yeah, it, and Kenny Britt's been awful dropping the ball. I think he's resulted in at least three interceptions, just balls going off his hands. Hmm. That's completely awful, but Deshaun Kaiser, on his own merits, in the last three games, he's completed less than 50% of his passes. But from a fantasy standpoint, he's been very, very boomer bust. You look at two of his games have been top 12 scoring weeks. The other two he's been held under 3.8 fantasy points. So uh, against the Jets, you've got to have a little bit of hope that the things he could do with his legs and that ability to take deep shots, which he is one of the most... Uh, prolific passers in terms of uh, attempts deep down the field. You've got to hope that one of those things connect and get. And you know, when you're looking for a streamer this week, where it's sort of a thin field with the bye weeks and other options because of other matchups, Kaiser doesn't look that bad in sort of fantasy realms. But other than that, I mean, I, you can't start Isaiah Crowell right now. Maybe, maybe against the Jets, there's some flex appeal. Maybe they can get a little bit of a lead and get him to work, but his snap share has been decreasing because they've been getting fucking blown the fuck out, and they trust Duke Johnson more in that pass game. They know they're more dynamic. They're running a ton of shotgun plays, which is something that Duke Johnson seems to excel at. They're, they're the the most shotgun heavy team in the league right now, and, and all those things are just contributing to Isaiah Crowell, you know, being pushed back a little bit. Yeah,
2: and, and the one thing I'll say that I think we can move on to uh, to another game, it, with Duke Johnson, it's it's he's this new type of bat. We just talked about it with James White. We'll talk about it. Uh, or, or are they on a bye. buy? The Cardinals on a buy this week? So, no, no. We'll talk about it with like Andre Ellington. Um, you have these uh, Christian McCaffrey, these running backs who are getting. Of 10, 11 targets in a game and getting 8, 9, 10 catches in a game. You know, this is it's the new way of fantasy. And so when you're looking at those flexors, those running back situations, it's like, especially in PPR leagues, these are the guys that you need to be focused on more. Well, I just tweeted about an hour ago an article from The Ringer uh, called The
1: Rise of the NFL Airback. And that's basically all these guys. The cover is Duke Johnson, Chris uh, Thompson, Tariq Cohen, and all these guys that, are, that just are, their volume is so heavy out of, the, out of the passing game that it's almost like back in the days when you had the, um, uh, the H-back. Yeah. Uh, these guys are—they're they're, just—they're in, but they're just not ever really going to get a carry, except for on play action or a draw. I mean, um, so it's a good read. Uh, check us out on on Twitter, Pyromaniac. It's at Pyromaniac at P Y R O M A N. The number one A C. Um, again, we say this all the time, but Twitter is the spot um, if you want to get uh, ahead of the game on fantasy football. It is. It's uh, it's a good way a good way to follow the the right people and uh, just even searching for names you just get awesome information. So we will go to the Panthers at the Lions. Uh, Panthers coming off uh, a, a nice. They're they're just up and down. They're up and down, but they just beat the uh, the Patriots and uh, now they're going against the Lions, who seem to be squeaking these things out and seem to be the luckiest team. Uh, around they're just kind of blessed. Uh, what do you guys see going on? Cam
2: looks like he's kind of somewhat back to the can doing Cam things
3: and eight the rushing game. attempts last game, forty-four yards touchdown. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's Cammy. I mean, <laughs> Brownie. <but> yeah, Cammy. <laughs> I mean the offense has been putrid through three weeks. They finally got it going. Like it was really hard to start Cam last week because their offense. You know, we had what. 14 rush attempts through three games all the offense was focused on short passing plays which cam wasn't completing very successfully and it just wasn't working and against the Patriots I guess that uh, you know cures all their ilks because they got going uh, all their pieces didn't but Devin Funchess had an impact game. Kelvin Benjamin had a hundred yard game. Uh, You know, the running backs still weren't there, but Cam had to be a little bit more involved. And they're still using Christian McCaffrey as that gravity player. He's just drawing so many eyes to him that you're getting Fozzie Whitaker running down the sideline by himself for touchdowns. So, you know, the way they're using him, and that's why he's in on so many snaps, because all eyes are on him when he's in the backfield currently. Well, and it's one of those things that
2: it becomes the great equalizer both ways, right? Because once they stop paying attention to him and not putting all that focus, then all of a sudden he can hit him for a big play. But it's opening things up, and and it's a smart move by defenses, right? You're looking at who is the best player that has the most opportunity to hurt us. It probably is McCaffrey once he has the ball in his hands. Let's make Devin Funches catch all those passes and prove that he can do it. You know um, the other guy. You know, look at look at Ed Dixon who uh, is able to to, to to be a decent target out there and putting up decent yards in replacement of Greg Olson. So you know nothing flashy or special when you look at him, but he's going to give you the three to five catches for forty to, to fifty yards almost every every week if, if the offense is actually moving moving the ball well.
0: Bell player day. Well, well, well. This is Mr. Bullshit and Doctor, I'm full of shit. In what way are we full of shit? Which one of us has the PhD? So how was your first weekend with the boys? It was great. We did 14 hours. We sign our sheets, maybe give us a few more just for kicks, Prone it up to 50. Don't you sass me. What do you think I'm a pushover? You know what I used to eat for breakfast? Cocaine. You know what I used to eat for lunch? Cocaine.
1: <laughs> sounds
3: sounds uh, tasty. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think Ed Dixon's a trustable fantasy asset right now.
2: Oh but... no, I'm not. I, I, I'm not saying trustable, but I'm, I'm saying you got to look. If you're in a if you're in a fourteen sixteen team league, then you're looking on the waiver wire and you're trying to pick up something. And he's probably not even there in most of those cases. So. Uh, but if you're looking for, you know, is is this the week that that gives the potential going against the Lions? Uh, you know, are they a team that gives up a lot of points to tight ends? I, I don't. If they were last year. They've been pretty decent against it this year. So it's one of those things. With him, you're looking at it
3: in more of a matchup situation. Yeah, um, I mean, it looks like you could start Calvin Benjamin. He looked pretty healthy. Uh, Devin Funchess is probably that wide receiver three flex sort of dart throw. You know, the touchdowns have been encouraging. They've always sort of been there. But now that the targets are starting to flow a little bit more his way, uh, Curtis Samuel was out last week. We'll see if he's able to get back and if that changes things. But, I mean, the two running backs splitting it up right now isn't helping anybody. And Christian McCaffrey just hasn't been able to break that big play but I think he's always sort of in that flex range because of his receiving ability and because he's got the chance to break that. Are you worried uh, about
1: uh, Stewart at this point? I
3: Please. mean, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, f- 14 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown potentially, I think that's more in his range of possibilities than anything else right now.
1: Cool. Should we move on over to the Lions? Yeah. Sure. Leonis. Yeah. Um, Lions pulled out a squeaker in uh, in a game that uh, didn't really look You're like the Vic- Yeah, the Vikings couldn't really get anything done. It was like a war of attrition. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, the Vikings get the victory, and what are they three and one right now? Uh, it's pretty good, considering they started... They go 3-1 and one a lot, start a lot of season, but last year they started 1-3, and three, so this is encouraging. They gave the coach uh, up, up. They signed him uh, to as an extension, so they must like what's going on here. Um, where do we start? I mean, do you want to
3: start with Stafford? Do you want to start with the running backs? Yeah, I think we start with Amir Abdullah, yeah. who's sort of the you know engine that drove that offense last week. Stafford really didn't get it done, Uh, Through four or five passes That probably should have been intercepted Uh, It was a real rough game for Stafford But, you know, having Amir Abdullah have their Highest rushing game since December 2013 That's something that's good for them Now his next step is He's been in the that. league
1: since 13?
3: No. No, 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 no. That For was the Lions.
1: The,
2: is that Was
3: their last 100-yard rusher? Yeah, no, that was the highest rushing yard game. It might have been their last 100-yard rusher. Right. So they, they <laughs> and,
2: and they were talking about it during the game. It was like because he got so close. And then he got he came out of the game at the end with some uh, – he got nicked up or something like that. So. Um, which is also a concern if you're an Abdullah owner, you know when he gets the volume of carries. And he had 20 carries uh, this last week, but if you look at his progression over the past couple of weeks, he's been coming. He's he's the guy that they're going to. He's the guy that they're going to lean on more. Uh, he had a nice touchdown that he had to extend on a three yard run. Uh, kept himself vertical to get the score. So you know I, I think you can have you have a lot more confidence in, in Abdullah at this point than you did in week one. And then the question is. Where is Theo Riddick from? What Theo Riddick was doing a year ago, the it's not existing. Yeah, it, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. It's not there. He looked great and went healthy
1: for over the course of his career. Without, so far. without
2: Amir Abdullah last year, he was a stud.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, going this uh, this week, they go up against Carolina Panthers, who are currently only allowing fourteen point six fantasy points to the running back position. That is sixth best. So it's a tough matchup uh, for any of their backfield. Um, and you know the tough Panthers. linebackers
2: there, and you got and you got Shaq Thompson, who's really uh, started to come into his own now. I think it was this his third or fourth year, or so um, I think it's the third year. Yeah.
1: These, uh, what else we got for the Leonis? Should we go to let's go, let's go to Stafford, and then
2: let's move to the wide receivers. And kind of... I
3: mean, it might look like a tough matchup for Stafford, but he's you know was outside of that one rushing touchdown. He's responsible for nearly all of the scoring plays for the Lions. And that gives him a chance for those high-ceiling Aaron rodgers types games because they're not going to have a running back rush for three touchdowns in a game. Yeah. So th- a lot of them are going to come through the air. And Golden Tate's a strong play. Marvin, Marvin Jones, his ability. I'm you know, fade, fading Kenny Galladay until he does it again. And he was even out last week. TJ Jones stepped in, made some plays in his stead. So that's something, and I think you're also avoiding a guy like Eric Ebron because he just hasn't been able to string together two games, and you know it's sort of hit or miss. He's touched touchdown or bust right now because those consistent targets aren't coming his way, and against uh, the Carolina Panthers... That's not something I'm looking forward to. Is they they're currently the fourth best team against opposing tight ends. We know that they have coverage monsters in their linebacking core between Keekley and Davis and even uh, Shaq. So th- those guys are all you know great coverage linebackers. It makes it hard to start a guy like Ebron right now.
1: And didn't last week the, the one of the t- the only touchdown in the air come from a different tight end? Who's their other tight end? The
2: Lions didn't have a passing touchdown last week.
3: Michael Roberts got him close. He got like a 15-yard gain from the 20, getting him down inside the 5. Okay, okay. Um, Ooh, that was good pull out of my butt. Nice work. Nice work. Yeah, Ebron,
1: Ebron, what is he ranked right now for tight ends? Not too bad, but 24th. So, doing Ebron things, overrated. Uh, You got anything else to say on this game? No? All right. I... Want to go to the next game as well? But before we do, uh, do us a favor and listen to this word from our sponsors. Sweet. Thank you. 49ers at the Colts. Ooh, burn, burn.
0: Val Mel Do you think I give a shit if you guys go to prison? Huh? I've been to prison. Oh, I have. I've been to prison. Prison of drugs, alcohol, sick thoughts. I used to have sick thoughts. So don't you come in here, preaching to me about hours when you're standing over there and you're standing over there and I don't know which way is up. Should come back and come
1: back. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Uh, All right, well. The 49ers, Niners. Um, it's good to see Hyde play. Uh, is he well, still playing? He's played, right? Uh, yeah, no, he played. Yeah, oh, right. It's good to see that. As well. <laughs> it's good, to, good to see him in there. Uh, but he is, he is kind of back into the Hyde banged up situation. Um, what else should we talk of? I mean, uh, Hoyer seems to be all over the place. I mean, after a great right, Thursday night, huge game that he was able to kind of come back after that botched pick six in the first play, put up some points. But last week it was kind of a dud fest again.
3: Yeah, Hyde should be locked into your lineups. I mean, with very few other you know serviceable running backs, he's seeing basically that eighteen to twenty care or eighteen to twenty touches a game. And he's getting more and more involved in the pass games, and that's giving him a safer floor in PPR leagues. They're moving him out and motioning him to wide receiver sets, letting him run routes out of there, and then he's being allowed to run after the catch. So those are all good things for Carlos Hyde's fantasy prospects. The only other player that's really in consideration for me on San Francisco is Pierre Garçon. Now we're talking about a much better matchup here against the Colts. Revenge game, former team. <laughs> He's oh got boy a, he's, got, he's got a few of them But yeah I hear you It's a good point Um but he should see Vontae Davis. But Davis has even struggled coming back from his own injury. Uh, and he struggled for most parts of last year. So I think this could be a game where Pierre Garçon is fed targets. And I think this is one of those chances that Pierre Garçon has a chance to get behind the defense. Uh, he's been very good on those vertical passes this season. Marquise Goodwin, the other guy we're looking at here, suffered his fourth concussion in 14 months. So this guy is more than likely going to be out. You're looking at the replacement there. That would be Aldrich Robinson, who saw you know a boatload of targets last week, saw 12 targets, but unfortunately like <laughs> five of those were catchable. Caught um, three for 52. Caught three for 52. So he's another guy who's got that sort of speed that can take the top off of defense as well. And then Trent Taylor's maybe the guy who does it underneath, along with George Kittle and Garrett Selleck and whatever tight ends they're going to decide to use this week. So everybody's out of consideration for me except for Hyde and Garcon, and then maybe your dart throw of Aldrick Robinson, especially in DFS when you're looking at a cheap price. And the Colts have been up the most receptions of 20-plus yards down the field of any team in the NFL that's where you find some interesting numbers. Well, and
2: again, that's where you have to look at it. you can't look at last week as an indicator of exactly what's going to happen this week. Last week they were playing against a division rival and a very good defense in the Arizona Cardinals. This week they're playing against the Indianapolis Colts. So this is a team in the other conference that they only see each other probably once every four years, and so there's no familiarity there. The Colts have been struggling; they're they, they, you know to put anything together. So it. Makes sense that this would be a more comfortable week if you are starting those San Francisco 49ers.
3: Unfamiliar game, games is a great point, especially when it comes to a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who's spent you know a majority of his time in the NFC, but he's also done some work with Houston and you know with uh, the more Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking for AFC teams that oh, time. Okay. Yeah. So it's he's like. He's been around. He's, he's been around a while. <laughs> they, where, man. they They've seen the offense a little bit, but this could be something unique, and he's drawing up you know, some plays to get the most out of this team because they don't really have a lot of talent outside of Carlos Hyde. You want to know what I have to say about the 49ers?
1: A player that finished his career on the 49ers and happened to be from San Francisco and grew up and played high school there. The juice is loose! The Juice is out of prison. He is, he is. out. After nine years
3: in the clink, the Juice is I living. cannot believe he spent nine years in prison. It seems like yesterday.
1: I agree. <laughs> His first meal out of prison... McDonald's.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's what they got the picture of, right? Like the blue uh, sweatsuit or whatever? I mean, if I'm getting out of
1: there, I, McDonald's is about the last. Haven't you been eating essentially McDonald's for the last nine years? Go to a steakhouse. Go to for like something. the best. There's got to be a restaurant that he loves. <laughs> First off, I don't, all, know, what what we don't know, know
3: if he has any money anymore.
1: They said he made six hundred grand while he was in jail in in, in uh, just. I mean, it might go it might go right to the. Uh, no, there's
2: a lot of stuff that was because he moved to wherever he moved to, like in Florida or something, so that money didn't go to the. Government. Okay,
1: he so. made six hundred thousand dollars. They said in his nine years uh, from his pension from the NFL, so he's got to have some dough. Right. And I have a feeling, I have a, I feeling, he was, I have a feeling he was. a <laughs> But he was selling that butthole in prison. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. I told you, I had nothing to say about the 49ers, and they're my team. Um, <laughs> let's let's go on. Last question on them. C.J. Beathard, as you wear your Iowa hat, is there a chance? Is it Hoyer, or is it just like is this team? It's at a point are they going to be like. Let's, I mean, judging let's see. by
3: the recent comments of Kyle Shanahan and him saying that. Uh, Brian Hoyer gives us the best chance to win football games, and uh, Brian Hoyer is our best quarterback on the roster. You know, it, it sounds like it's going to be a while. I mean, Better didn't even look like he could capably warm up when Hoyer got injured. <laughs> he
1: was, was only injured for one player, right? Exactly.
3: Yeah. But I will say this
2: they're 0 and 4. You know? You get to zero 6 six, zero and seven. If they don't win this week against Indianapolis, a team that has you know been being victimized, you should. Without Andrew Luck, if you don't beat them, then it, the, it, the calls will start coming. So, at what point do you want to wait? Maybe it's week seven, week eight, but he's going to play at some point. Here's
3: my thing: I agree. Who's fucking making calls for CJ Method? It's not like it's Mitch Trubisky sitting on the bench. Who's? Do hey, you think John Lynch it's, is like? There's hey, a strong hey, uh, hey. calling from Iowa City saying,
2: "Get him in there!" Oh
3: my God! Lynch must like. You just like him. want to see somebody other than a tight end play football in the NFL. field.
1: He must like him.
3: They like him. Maybe team Bobby Beathard up. drafted uh, Lynch.
2: Did he do that? I don't What's know. That? Maybe Bobby Beathard drafted Lynch. Maybe, maybe uh,
1: Bobby Bethard. Uh, That's one of the greats. Point. No, I know. One of the greats. Um, Alright, let's move on over to the Colts side of the ball. God, this is like, a, this is a two teams that It's just like, you, you're really grasping at straws. Let's start with Doyle. I think he might be, Doyle, aren't, in my opinion,
3: Doyle and T.Y. are the only guys. Doyle's concussed right now, uh, so is Doyle even going to be healthy enough to play this game? Because their backup tight end situation is nothing to speak of with Eric Swope currently sitting on IR. Uh, they had one guy make a big play down the seam last week, whose name I don't even remember. Maybe Brandon Williams, a twenty-five yard catch. Um, other than that, like it's Ty, and maybe they get close enough to the red zone where they just throw it up to Dante Moncrief, because that's Which what was made, they did last week. They made a, he made a play there, and uh, like seriously, all that guy does is score touchdowns. But unfortunately, with somebody other than Andrew Luck. Those touchdown opportunities are limited. Three targets last week. And the target share just over the course of the season hasn't been there for Dante He's got me. eight catches on the year. It's it's like he's <laughs> one of, he's one of those ultimate touchdown or bust dart throws. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't even seen deep shots to him because they're focusing those to T. Y. Hilton. And T. Y. Hilton's been playing great considering the yeah. in, in you know, the inability at quarterback.
1: Uh, a lot, I'll, of close, I'll give, lot of close plays in the, other, the game the other day. A lot of like just just that close to him yeah. having a nice
2: solid game. And, and you know what? I mean, luck is going to be back. What maybe they're, they're saying? They, I don't think it's going to be this week. They were talking to some potential. I think, I think he started practice. Yeah, right? but in the they're saying gonna, they're going
3: to give him probably two weeks of practice and then we'll be back. Not going to be too much longer before he's back out there. So uh, <laughs> I mean. I'm How we gonna play?
1: I'm I'm hurting in the league, or my friend is. This guy. Uh, do I trade Brady for someone actually serviceable in like a week and just ride my season out with luck and just just throw that? And I've got Alex Smith because I'm what's a knock, your, what What's your friend's record? My, uh, three and one. But it, I've been pulling out squeakers, dude. I've I've gotten pretty lucky to be honest. Your friend, my friend. That sounds very. Familiar. Yeah, my
0: friend,
1: my friend. I'm like split over here. <laughs> one of my, one of my 13 fantasy football identities. Anyway, uh, well, I've got some questions to go for my friend on the show because it's a big waiver wire week for my friend. Um, to be honest, so. Let's move on to whatever else we got on the Colts and then close her out and get on I mean, to the it's, next.
3: It's the running back situation, and it starts with like Frank Gore as maybe a top 30 running back this week. I mean, he's getting carries, I mean, he's going to get 15 of them. Uh, He's probably going to get a couple targets, but he needs that sort of touchdown to have a good fantasy day. And I don't know if he has that in the tank right now, especially with how they're using Robert Turbin in the third down roll and in the goal line roll, so it saps a lot of value. So, like, you're looking at, like, six points if you play Gore.
2: It's the – he's the ultimate old-school vulture Turbin. Six carries, eight yards, and a touchdown. When they got down there, it's like, put Gore in. The guy was actually running – Pretty good against Seattle at that point in time and then Turbin gets the touchdown.
1: Stag party said he doesn't know if he has it in the tank frank the tank we might is it frank doesn't have it in the tank I mean, the
2: eventually, is... eventually a new tank comes along and the old tank gets destroyed so it's only a matter of time but and then that new that old tank uh, ends up in like kazakhstan or
1: something like that <laughs> it's like the number one kazakhstan? In, number one in the fleet an old russian
3: tank
2: I, I like kazakhstan but yeah. also
3: it, it depends on what you know the owner is putting in the tank are they filling the tank with opportunities and gas, they're not giving him the gas he needs to be a tank. They're giving him
2: diesel. He needs regular unleaded.
3: The whole <laughs> hey, that premium.
2: Whole, let's be honest. That
1: tank. It looks more like the Colt. It looks more like an old school riding the horse, dude. That whole team is is, is in trouble. Here's a question: When luck comes back, does it all kind of ah, become yeah. mirthful again, or is it just going to be more garbage? He's getting uh, rushed. He's getting pounded. I mean, can he? Is it just all of a sudden he cures their ills? To a degree, it might take a couple weeks, but can this be a different team, or is this team just going to stink offensively? They're
2: not going to be great. And the thing is, what he's going to do is it's what he does. He makes that he shines up that turd, right? You know, because he gets hit so many times, but he's able to extend plays and to create things, and that's when he's able to hit Ty on those long, uh, deep pass plays. Look. Is there going to be a magic pill? No. This team is probably going to get getting ready to fire uh, Chuck Pagano uh, after this year. So change is going to happen here. They're invested in Luck. You know, at some point in time, you got to make sure that he's not getting killed out there and you can't risk your entire future on, on, a, on a team that's not going to be able to get it done. Harbaugh reunited with Andrew Luck?
1: Or is he like college? Let's go on to the next game. Um... We've got the Titans at the Dolphins. Let's start with the Titans. How long is Mariota uh, going to be out for? It looks like he, he avoided serious injury, but is he playing this week, or are they going to sit him? He's day-to-day right now. He's day-to-day, so and,
3: that's all we can really say. Like it, Towards I, the end of the week, you're just going to have to pay attention to the practice reports. He should be ruled out. Probably Usually, they don't like to have the quarterback go up to a game-time decision, but... If they say all indications are he's a go, he's probably a go.
2: But the problem is, is that you have to realize it scales back what he does naturally. And they may need to pull him and hold him out of this game to protect him from himself. From his natural tendencies to want to run with the ball. And other than that
1: awesome run in the game the other day, before he got injured... It wasn't looking like a great performance for him. It was it was it was a brutal day for him. He made made up for it with what 35, 36 yard run, which was awesome. I well, love watching that. Well, he had two touchdown one. runs. Yeah, that. And but one of them was the one he got hurt on, right? Yeah. Well, I think that second one, where he dove is the one
3: that got that was just where he banged, I mean, got banged up. Uh, but yeah, you're looking at Matt Castle, and if Matt Castle's the starter, you downgrade fucking everybody. Like I don't. Maybe you play Delaney Walker, but that's about it. Uh, the, you lean on the
2: running backs because if it's yeah. Matt
3: Castle, they're gonna they're gonna hand the ball off about thirty five to forty times in the game. Matt Castle's bad, but Matt Castle's so bad they signed Brandon Whedon, which uh, that's, yeah, a, that's
2: that's a, gonna a, be the last the least very the either. least vote of confidence you could ever have. Oh, that's like Mike Glennon. I'm gonna be the starter figure, year, but no, no, it's even worse because it's oh, you're the backup Matt Castle. We like you. Oh, by the way, we're signing Brandon Weeden off the street. Who? It
3: well, but uh, that also says that they may be a little bit concerned about Marcus Mariota missing this yes. game, because then they need the backup quarterback. Yeah, yep. uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a heavy, heavy run game. Um, I, I completely agree with you there. And against the Dolphins, there's... I mean, you're afraid of Ndamukong Suh and who else in their defensive front, but... They're literally middle of the road
1: against every position, so it's like you're not he's scared who anything. Yeah, Waker
2: who flashes for a play or
1: two here or there. That's about it. He's know. a lo- he's one of the biggest loafers ever. Um, but yeah, it's just a middling. Do you like my loafers? <laughs> yeah, they're nice. <laughs> I mean, you look a little light in them though. Ooh,
3: a little light in the loafers. Rashard Matthews <laughs> is probably a strong play if Mariota's in there, but you know, it, it's tough to say without real hard data and if he's going to play. Uh, and, and that's it. Because everybody gets downgraded to like flex consideration if he's out. Except for the running backs who move up. Cool. Are
1: we... Uh, anyone else want to talk about here? Quickly, before we go over to the next matchup, pretty excited to say uh, we've got a, a few new people. Not going to mention any names yet until they uh, kind of... Uh, getting grain and we come up with their monikers and whatnot but we got a few new people that have uh, joined the pyro uh team in the last few uh days which is really exciting uh got guys of various different backgrounds uh a funny guy that's a part-time comedian out of new york another uh um dude that's in uh, oakland uh and then we've also got uh, the other fellas. um Shit, where is this guy from? Uh, Portland, Portland. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Portland. He's. You, I was gonna he's funny, though. How do you be a
2: part-time comedian? I'm only funny some of the time.
1: You know what he did? This is a guy that re- recently left his career and wanted to have a change. He like he like he's a little bit younger than me. He's a friggin' funny guy, and he's just like. You know what? I, I hated my career. I wanted to change it up, so I I changed my career. And he's like, one of the things that I always wanted to do is be a comedian. And uh, he's like, so I've started doing stand up, and he's been doing it for a little bit and getting positive feedback. And like, he's telling me this story, and I'm like, hats off to you, dude. Yeah, You're that love- like kind of guy. Like later later on in life, he's a forty something year old dude, uh, or maybe thirty something late thirties. But he's just like, you know what? I wanted to change it up. I wasn't happy, and now he's doing some stuff, and he's. The great part about all three of these guys, and this is where we found success in the past, all of them are pyro podcast loyalists. They've been listening to us for many times. They've been parts of the site, and we put out, you know, kind of some, uh, some, some, some. uh, Hey, we need some help with some. We want some more, uh, some passionate guys to join the force. And uh, those three guys, uh, amongst others, have reached out, and I'm really excited to bring them on. They're going to kind of be focusing a bit on news feeds, but uh, the world's their oyster. And um, in the coming weeks, as uh, as they kind of start to contribute and be a part of the mix, uh, we'll kind of introduce them a little deeper. But pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we're a small shop, you know, we do very focused content, and um, it's just great when we bring on people that, uh, that know us and know our voice and are excited to contribute. Let's give them a
2: Val, Val- Verde! Kiss?
1: Are you kidding? No. God. I love
0: kiss. No one loves kiss. Paul Stanley is sick of kiss. Whoa! <laughs> don't diss the star child. Hey, don't get me wrong, alright?
3: I like to rock and roll all night part of every day. Party every day. Rock and roll, all night. Party every day. I like to rock and roll part of every day. Party of day. I usually Party. have errands. I, I can rock and
0: roll
1: from like one Party. to three. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Alright. Dolphins. Holy fuck's sake. This team just can't, I mean, let's just start. Are this, is this team going to be able to turn it around? Are they going to be able to score points this week? Yeah. They're going to be <laughs> able to score. I mean, he's been saying for two weeks, he's like, I'm pissed. This sucks, and then they go out and they throw that stinker. Um, I'll give them a little bit of London jet lag, uh, to, but the team just looks awful. It's Jay don't care. Um, what? What? Look, big picture, can this team turn it around, or is it sell, sell?
3: I mean, the thing is, if you try and sell everybody, you're not going to get value in return. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm, kid- I'm kidding. <laughs> the only guy you're going to get value in <laughs> return on... Tell him to
2: come back in there and sell! Yeah. Sell!
3: <laughs> the only guy you're going to get return on is Devontae Parker, who's gotten off to a great start to the season. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Sorry, buddy. I
1: didn't mean to do that. <laughs> no, there it <there>. yeah. <laughs> so is. with you. Thank you, friends. Your honor is great. Come let us gingerly touch our tips. Go ahead, sorry,
3: steak party. Uh, so the only guy you'd see value on is Devonte Parker because he's gotten off to a great start of the season. Even if his points are coming in garbage time, this looks like a team that could spend a lot of time in garbage time. Uh, Tennessee has no cornerbacks to speak of. Dory Jackson, their first-round pick, is getting roasted like a pig over an open fire. Uh, <laughs> that sounds good. I'm all getting all hungry. You know Jarvis Landry's catching you know seven passes a game right now he's on pace for one hundred and thirty three catches on the season for just eight hundred and eighty five yards uh, and Julius Thomas has been an afterthought. Kenny Stills has sort of been an afterthought, so if you're funneling targets through your two receivers that's good things for those two guys so I'm liking Parker i 'm liking jarvis landry uh I, I think j i e should have a chance to get going a little bit. But they also need to just recommit to this guy. But that's when they really started to get it going, handing it off, you know, first down, second down, taking shots on third down when needed, running off play action out of under center plays under Adam Gase. That's when they really, really took off last season.
2: Did you see how pissed he was during that game. You remember he was—he was born in London. Yeah. So he was pissed, and they kept pulling him out. And it's like, yeah, they,
1: they, he's he, I agree with what Stag Party said. This is a guy that if you do not give him the ball 25 times per game, he's not going to have a good game. You, you need to commit to giving this guy the ball, and we'll see what can happen. I hope uh, I hope they can turn around because there's so many great kind of fantasy guys or at least you know, startable uh, wide receiver 2-ish, running back 1-ish uh, kind of guys, but... It's just—it uh, looks like a quagmire,
2: and no one's really. It's not jolly. No, and the other thing is that you got to look at it and be realistic. You know, at the end of the year, when you when you think about if Jay Cutler is healthy the entire year, how many touchdowns is he going to throw this year? It's not going to be thirty. Yeah. You're going to be lucky to get 20. Has he ever had 30 in his career? I don't think. No, I, think, I don't think. So. Maybe I maybe he's like 26
3: is. or 20. Yeah, he might have had a 30 touchdown season in Denver. Maybe, yeah. maybe.
2: But at the same time, it was more yardage in Denver what he was doing, and he's not giving you that yardage either anymore. So you're 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 going to get a guy at the end of the year who's going to finish with about 36 to 38 hundred yards, and he's going to throw maybe 18 touchdowns to 20 touchdowns. So. Where does that get spread out? How many of these are these receivers going to end up with at the end of the year? So you're, you know, unless you're in PPR leagues, you're you're really going to have hit or miss weeks without without the scores. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, well, let's.
1: Anything else you want to say on those guys? Yeah. All right. Before we go on to this next matchup, do us a favor and listen to this word from our sponsor. All right, thank you. We got the Bills are going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. The Bills are in first place ahead of the um, Patriots and um, winning ugly. I don't know how they're necessarily doing it. I guess their defense is pretty solid and they've got a good uh, offensive line for running, but... uh, doesn't seem like really the fantasy points are really coming from anybody or anywhere. I mean, Maybe Clay. Clay seems
3: to be the one having Clay, the best season. Clay's locked in as a top, you know, seven or eight tight end right now. The targets he's seeing on a weekly basis are awesome. He's the preferred option in the red zone. Him and Andre Holmes are sort of the only guys capable of getting it done there. The fucking. Bills are using Zay Jones like he's Sammy Watkins. He has a top 10 average depth of target right now, and it's just not what he's good at. He's not this vertical stress, the field receiver. He needs to be the guy who's getting the volume targets underneath, but those are all going to Jordan Matthews. Does that change now with Matthews out? First, let's see if Matthews is out, but, yeah, i got to think Zay goes into more of a target, uh, you know, volume target role. Uh, with Jordan Matthews potentially out just because they don't really have anybody else. Um, They'll have to find that stretch-the-field type of guy somewhere else. It has definitely not been Zay Jones, who's caught just four of his 17 targets this season. That is, 13 missed... That's awful. That's awful. Like, that is awful. That is Brashard Perriman-level awful, who's caught just 2 of 15 of his targets this season. But that's, uh, but that's also the problem right now. is that like, it, As you said, Charles Clay is locked in. But you
2: really, even with Jordan Matthews, he wasn't getting enough of a real target shared in order to be a successful fantasy startable player. So I don't know where else that's going to be coming from. You hope that eventually, if they can develop, if they can start using him correctly, that maybe you can start to reverse that trend that they've started early on and realize that this is not the type of player that he is. And maybe the Jordan Matthews things, thing helps, but outside of outside of Clay and McCoy. I don't really see anybody on this team that I would start unless you're going to start Tyrod just because again what he can do with his legs
3: and, and 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 what he you know and if he can give you the rushing touchdowns. He's a streamer for sure. Yeah, especially this week uh, with tough matchups across the board. The Bengals aren't necessarily one of the dominant defenses in the NFL, so Tyrod is definitely in stream consideration. And you now right now he's what the 17th quarterback in standard scoring. But his ability to take care of the ball and then make things happen with his legs give him that you know nice sort of Alex Smith level floor.
1: But your from your uh, Pyro Fantasy uh, Football pyro, uh, Power Rankings piece that we posted today, Stag Party uh, puts it out. Holy alliteration! Each week, um, the Bengals are the fourth ranked overall um, total defense, and kind of they look to be top ten at everything. Besides, defense versus defenses, Uh, but they're doing pretty good against all the skill positions. So I don't know. I think it could. Yeah, maybe is that is that what you were saying? It's a tough week for them, but not. Ter- not terribly tough. I mean, I was taking the league. Since
3: Cincinnati's, <laughs> Cincinnati's not tough. I the mean, drawback
2: of going to Cincinnati take a league. Cincinnati played Cleveland, who
3: they—that's they, that, where what a quarter of their stats are coming from. Yeah. Houston and Deshaun Watson's first start of his career. Aaron Rodgers lit him up. Deshaun Kaiser and Chris or Kevin Hogan combined to struggle, but they're not an overly tough team. It's all about the competition they face too this time. So. Cool, good point. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh Bill's anything
1: else to mention no. on these guys? By the way, uh he's it's not the Bills, but he's from the Rex Ryan, the two the between two Rexes. Have you guys seen no. those? <laughs> those little those little like snippets they've got on ESPN. Have you heard have you seen those? Yes, with, they're the best thing he's done in the last three years. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> they they are friggin' hilarious. Basically they got a rex. Like, cut out cardboard, and then he's sitting, and you know, between two, two ferns, and he's doing his best, uh, yeah. whatever, Zach, uh, is yeah, yeah, and it is friggin' hilarious, So ask the question. Well, I've been down but
2: watching ESPN, so uh, It is funny. Good ones. They, they, good, need the last
1: to, they need to, like, quadruple the number of these, because they're literally, like, 20 second, like, interlude, inter, intermittent commercials, but they're friggin' hilarious.
3: I mean, the best ones with Rex Ryan are, and Tim Hasselbeck yeah. are one of the Hasselbeck's. And he's like, So what do you what what do you think? What which Hasselbeck was better? Um, you know <sighs> And he's like, oh well, this and this. He's like, I don't care, uh, Tim or Matt yeah. or whatever, whatever your fucking name is. <laughs> well, even, even, yeah, you backed up. You
1: were back up for uh, Brett part right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's not. He he doesn't even remember who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty funny. Amen to that. Um,
2: all right, let's go. On. I can't even find it on YouTube. I was looking for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, check check it out. Try to just
1: watch a little ESPN uh, Monday Night Football, and I'll and throw a few of them out there. But it's. It's pretty. It's it's pretty nice. Bengals. Uh, God, I feel bad for this whole team. Um, you see, you guys see Dalton going off the field on after the loss the other day and getting like some fan threw like a beer well, they, on him. Then week three was that week three. Yeah, they won last week. They, they, fight. They, they crushed. Okay, you're right.
0: They crushed. seven. They
1: destroyed. Uh, yeah, he had cool. what four touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So three. Yeah, that was that was week three. I apologize.
2: Um, sometimes Twitter doesn't do it. They yeah. Tell me what well, look, Dalton—he bounced back, right? Okay. Yeah. This is one of those things where, where as, as uh, uh, Stags and I were talking about before the podcast, that the, the quarterback scoring, uh, which quarterbacks have been scoring, has been so quirky this year that it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But now, this is what Dalton can do. Dalton had one of those games where he, you know, he, he had time to, uh, to, to be able to throw in, in the pocket. I mean, uh, completed 25 of 30 passes. Uh, he, he, you know, he was and he was staying in there. He took three sacks, you know. So, um, but you had AJ Green be able to get off. You had Tyler Croft step in and become a real nice target for him in the middle where Tyler Eifert usually is. So as long as it's a Tyler, I guess he can throw to a, a tight end, um, you know. And you actually had uh, Giovanni Bernard who gave you that extra flash in, uh, out of the backfield uh, where he, he caught the, the touchdown pass. So. You, he was able to, to distribute the ball around, keep the defense off guard, um, and this is what Cincinnati is built to do. The one problem that they're having is that Joe Mixon is the guy that they're giving all the carries to, but he's not doing anything with it. This is one of those ones where it's like, you know, and I'm in all these dynasty leagues and when you draft these guys as rookies, this is when you start freaking out. 17 carries and 29 yards, and you're not breaking any type of a big play here or there, it becomes... Well, are these other guys going to start getting more touches now because you're not doing it?
3: I mean, I don't think so. I think it's a lot on the offensive line play. They're allowing just .3 yards uh, to be gained before <laughs> Joe Mixon's first contact. So they're really struggling to open up holes for him. Joe Mixon hasn't helped himself sometimes. He's got to be able to make that first guy miss. Uh, but overall, they phased out Jeremy Hill, which is a good sign for Joe Mixon. They're giving him just you know a handful of carries a game. Gio Bernard's locked in as their third down change of pace back. Who's going to see you know eight to twelve touches? Uh, but Joe Mixon looks locked into that lead role ever since the change of offensive coordinators. Now we just need to see. Some efficiency start to come with all those opportunities. Unfortunately, the Bills have been playing dominant defense through the first four weeks of the season. And we talk about Dalton and how he had a bounce back game, but right now how can you start Dalton against the Buffalo Bills? You look at they, they even allowed a passing touchdown? They allowed one passing what? touchdown so far in the season. Last week to Matt Ryan. But, you know, a lot of these quarterback points allowed numbers are boosted by you know, the opposition of other teams, but when you look back and you look at Buffalo's opposition so far, you see Josh McCown, yeah, whatever, but then you see Cam Newton, you see Trevor Simeon, you see Matt Ryan, and you see sort of accomplished fantasy quarterbacks who weren't able to go up and get it go- going. So that's what scares me about Andy Dalton. And, you know, if I'm in need of a streamer, I'm a Kirk Cousins owner this week. I don't think I'm going to Dalton. I think I'm more likely to go to like an Eli Manning. Right, and at the same time, you're probably
2: you're you're you're, would fade away from a Joe Mixon at this point in time for this week.
3: Uh, I. I uh, mean, here's the thing. He's probably a flex play just because the overall number of targets or or number of opportunities are there. Running back is so thin, and all you can really bet on is. You know, opportunities. opportunities. You no, no, I, I agree efficiency. with you. I'm going, to
2: say, I'm going to say the reason why all, all the people who are out there listening right now, if you own them, you probably him because this would be the week that me as an owner, I get I get pissed off. You sit and up, I sit and, him, and, and then he rolls for 120 yards and two touchdowns. I right. agree with everything you just said. <laughs> 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 what would
1: what would what would uh, Houdini do?
3: Sometimes you just want to do the opposite. That's right. I mean. Tevin Coleman scored fourteen point four points last week. Devonta Freeman scored thirteen point eight points last week. Jamal Charles the week before that scored thirteen or scored eleven point seven. They're giving up, you know, receptions to running backs. So if Joe Mixon can get a couple of, maybe they try to get him on the outside on the edge, get him a couple of these screen plays that have been going to Gio Bernard just to get him going, get him a little bit of confidence, and then he can go from there.
2: You know what I say? I go with that.
0: You're day.
2: one day. to talk. You took a ten-year-old to a party and left him so you could
0: go
3: get a blowjob. Hey, wasn't a blowjob. We fought. That's an important distinction. Uh, I mean, you look at the bills in the secondary. I think Andy or uh, AJ Green will be fine. Uh, even though if we think you know Andy Dalton will struggle, probably limits his upside a little bit. Uh, And then at the tight end position, can Tyler Croft keep it up, or will Buffalo continue to be sort of that middle of the road? Or they're better against tight ends than I give them credit for. I guess. Um, Well, Tyler Croft is not going to do what he
2: did last week. Okay, let's let's get that straight. Tyler Croft is um, at least showing to be capable. So you know what? I think this becomes one of those he has like an Ed Dixon week.
3: Yeah. I mean a, f- a four for fifty-two, three, three for forty-five, yeah, something like that. Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not not fantasy viable, but tight end two-ish.
1: You like my low cost low cost start throw last week? That yeah, was pretty good. Four have- target, four catches before that. And I'm like, yeah, I think this guy's gonna do something. Yeah, it cropped. Yeah, it Croft. Nice. I'm just gonna say one thing. and This is why I hate DFS. No shit. My first lineup in my little matchup against OC. Deshaun Watson and Tyler Croft in there had like a remaining like $700, $800, like, oh, no, can't do that. Totally started moving things around
2: so that I only have $100 remaining. Right, right, because it makes it feel bad when you have the money sitting out there. It is a dumb thing. DFS, if you
1: think you're a lineup and you think something's going to happen, and you got $700 to 1000 on the table, and this is what your gut tells you— Leave the money on the table. It's Literally like the SAT those two guys for my number one.
2: It's like the SAT. Ugh. Every time that you change your qu- your answer from your initial response, more often than not, you've chosen the wrong answer. So
1: frustrating. As this game was going on, I was like, "Oh my god!" I had like, I had the screen grab of my first one on my desktop. Uh, so frustrating. Anyway, um, that's DFS and why I not? Actually, I won twenty bucks this week. But hey, uh, sweet it means I was like kind of at about thirty. Thirty percent high, sweet. Uh, you guys done with the Bengals? Yes. 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 Let's go to the Chargers. Um, are going to be playing at the
2: Giants. I'll we'll start with the Chargers. The Chargers are on the road, but I just want to make a distinction. Can we just
3: say that every game is on the road for the Chargers? Yes. I mean, it's been said. So yes.
1: Okay. Well, we <laughs> so can say horrible. That. It's horrible. Um, Mike Williams sounds like he's back practicing and they're like kind of ramping up for him to be back in is this a guy that you guys like at all just for waiver wire action seems like is this like a, a foreshadowing dude that you would kind of jump the gun on
2: if you have a if you have a deep bench or you're If you to have a break? deep bench i i would not be going after him at all on any type of short bench it's going to take him time to get you know, integrated into the offense, you know, so it's one of those ones, if you have a deep bench, you're actually really hoping where the dividends are going to come in is going to be about weeks 10 through 14, you know, that that part of the season, but look, Keenan Allen is playing well, as long as he stays healthy, that's good, Tyrell Williams showed up big last week, so... That's a solid guy. That's not losing his his job. So where is Mike Williams going to get in? What percentage of the snaps is he going to be in on? You still got Travis Benjamin and Dontrell Inman who they're also using in that. In that, they got to uh, trade court. one of those guys. Well, but I don't know that they're going to be able to. So it's just kind of working with depth at this point in time, and, and they've been hampered by. As soon as you trade one, then three of them get injured. The Bills should trade for uh, uh, Benjamin. Eh, yeah. Well, probably won't happen, but. <laughs> I, I would love it if the NFL actually turned into like Major League Baseball at the trade deadline and, and all this stuff happened. Like, game where, game. Right, it would, it would make things a lot more interesting, a lot more fun. Hey, put the guy in, in a system that actually works for him. But I don't see it happening.
3: Yeah, I mean, Mike Williams so is. I'm fading him, by the way, unless you're in the real deep league. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Mike Williams is. You know, when we talked about it earlier, we talked about how Keenan Allen was going to be pressed for targets because of all these guys. <laughs> But Mike Williams getting off to a slow start and being injured is really just affirm that he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. So, you know, Tyrell Williams has a skill set that is very important. So, I mean, going up against the Giants, though, do you love the matchup? I mean, Keenan Allen, if you can get him on Eli Apple. Yeah, if you're going against Apple, you know. But if you're going against Dominique Rogers Cromartie, or if you're going against uh, Janoris Jenkins, then it's tough, tougher sledding. But luckily for Keenan Allen, he plays all four positions, uh, left out, left slot, right slot, uh, right out. He plays all those pretty much equally. So he's going to move around a lot, uh, and that's good. He's going to spend some time in the slot. So we'll see some Dominique Rogers Cromartie, and Janoris Jenkins. But I I think the guy I like here is Tyrell Williams because he's probably most likely to see a lot of Eli Apple. Um, And he's given up those deep shots. So I'm liking Tyrell. I like Keenan Allen still because of his versatility. I think this is another week where you want to get your tight end going. So Hunter Henry looks like a strong play.
2: Yeah, he's still so here, miss, though. It's like, like,
3: literally, he's been two zeros and two over ten points. It's been insanity. But the Giants are giving up the most tight end uh, points this season. They've given up five touchdowns. They've given up five top ten performances to opposing tight ends. They have given up uh, five games over nine and a half fantasy points. Just play fucking Eric Ebron. And if they don't, or uh, yeah. Hunter Henry, 100. and if they don't use them, they're fucking idiots. Remember at last two weeks ago how I said I was literally about
1: to tweet about Sammy Watkins, how shitty he was, and then he went off. I literally was being like, uh, condolences to Hunter Henry's family. That um down. everyone, I just wanted to let you your agent, everyone that drafted him, like condolence to you. Literally as I'm writing this and like trying to keep it under 142 scores of touch, I'm like And then I think I read it it's like, just as I was about to put the, the stamp on the envelope of condolences, Here he scores, but it's just like I pretty much need to start doing that on my own team, guys. Yes. Like writing a tweet talking about how they suck, because when I do it, it seems like I'm literally real time a change. Like, okay, can't do that one. Uh, Go on. So, is is
2: this also, you know, this is the matchup of what? The the number one and number two pick in the 2004 draft? Uh, Swapped. uh, Philip Rivers and uh, Eli Manning. I think Rivers
1: was four was the fourth pick, but they swapped them.
2: Well, okay, was it the fourth? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or Tom Robinson was in there or something like that. It was yeah, the third they, or something Rivers like that. was
1: fourth like, and he was first.
2: The two top guys from that from draft that list. But, you know, and both coming off of nice fantasy weeks, right? You know, so Rivers, though, is not giving you the volume of passing touchdowns that you'd like to see. You know, it's not giving you the three, four touchdown games. Is this the week that that sort of happens? I mean, the Giants defense, which should be a lot better than it, than it is, is... Has been giving up some good points against them, so I, I think if you're looking at, you know, the other thing you always worry about is the West Coast team uh, coming all across to the East Coast and having to play in, in an early game, and that's what you have that's here. So bear that in mind too. You know, this is where when you were talking uh, of guys, you were talking about Drex that you'd rather stream and let's flip it over to the other side, I think I'd rather have Eli Manning in this matchup than I would Phillip Rivers.
3: I agree. Uh, you know, Manning, since they sort of changed the offense, trying to get the ball out of his hands quick because that offensive line is absolutely putrid, You know he's averaging you know, upwards of 45 attempts a game. Uh, the volume has been there. Odell Beckham looks healthy. Uh, so I'm liking Odell, of course. Evan Ingram's been a top tight end pretty much every single week. He's got. He's providing you that nice floor in PPR leagues. They're using him as a big slot. They're using him in line at tight end. Uh, the rest of the guys, you know, Brandon Marshall's, you know, completely struggled. As we've said, he needs to put up one of those show-me games before you can even consider starting him again. Sterling Shepard's been a model of consistency, getting 50 or 60 yards and is a threat in the red zone. And he's it's like it's the only
2: job. guy that's actually being really efficient with the catches-to-target ratio.
3: And... They are throwing the ball 69% of the time. Yep. This is a pass-first offense. Like all the top pass catchers, fading Brandon Marshall right now until I see it. Uh, pass catcher in the backfield is Shane Vereen. But we also saw Wayne Gallman get involved in the receiving game as a running back, which could be important for his long-term success. If he can get the 10-12 to dark carries and get some of those targets, he's going to have some flex appeal. But he looked like the guy who had the most juice in the backfield. Paul Perkins, I think I ranked as like the 70th fucking running back this week. Well, and there's only like 75 to rank.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the problem. This is, Gallman got his first action of the year, okay? And he showed those flashes. Paul Perkins has done nothing. Shane Varine has been unspectacular. And you're looking at it and going, we, they need someone to give them something at the running back position. So Gallman came in and gave you that inspired rookie. Uh, running with a lot of aggression. Is he going to be a guy that can really be a 15-20 to 20, uh, carry guy? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think this team wants a rusher. No, what, I think what, they just they, want a, a person that works in there pass day and night kind of system. But they have to have a guy that you can be able to have either on uh, a draw play or some straight runs, be able to gain... A couple of big plays here or there, be able to get seven yards or something. Not be every time. But this is also this is also. But this, the other problem is this: it's, Brad I'm it's not a It's a brand shot. But like it, the the problem years, is though. the offensive line. The offensive line allows penetration seven all the time. So where you were seeing with Gallman, and this is why maybe he has more of the ability. When it's surprising that Perkins is, because this is what Perkins was known for when he was coming out of UCLA was the ability to make quick cuts and be able to get out of people's way. And we saw Gallman actually. Uh, on one play where he got the ball and there was basically a defender right in his face and he juked him out and was able to gain three or four yards out of it. That's what this offense needs because their offensive line is not great and they're going to continually give those types of penetration up on the line so they need to be able to have someone that can make an elusive move once he's got the ball in his hands. Okay, so this is not for my
1: friends. This is for me. I know people in we don't give a shit about your fantasy team, but maybe someone's going through the same thing as I am out there. I'm in that rookie league. Chris Carson was my rookie. Thought it was the best pick in the draft. Second to last pick of the draft. 22nd round or something. He was a guy that was doing some stuff. Obviously went down and injured. Bummer. My rookie situation is pretty hurting right now. It's got like Samaji, Mac, and Zay Jones. Mm-hmm. It's troublesome. So... Who would you, but also, my running back situation ain't, ain't so hot either. The um, rest of my team's great. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm 3-1, and, one and I'm, I think I'm second in points. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to ramp up for uh, the, the rest of the season. Who would you, I'm number two in the waiver wire claim, who would you want more? Wayne Gallman in hopes that he does become the rookie guy and he can kind of hopefully to some degree replace Carson, or do you go Latavius Murray? Dude, who's, who's your second running back right now? Because right now, this one one right now, it? I've got Crowell. I've got um, B- Lagair Blunt. I've got uh, Some A- J- or... J- is okay, so is got my number one. Jay is my number one. two. And then I've got um, I've got Javorius at Javorius Allen. Is... Okay, so I say Gallman. Right, Latavius Murray's just it's in gonna, the same boat with other It's the guys. Guys, all the same guy. it better to have Blunt than than have to start? Uh, Letang- yeah, and could can't uh, Jarek McKinnon just be? Can it be like a? It could yeah.
2: be an equal share, absolutely. I mean, okay,
1: good. Because that I have, and my I've got a bolt in there, but I got my number one is Gallman, just because I I need a rookie right now. Um, and well, okay.
2: and Especially if you're all being a rookie Latavius Murray doesn't <laughs> help you in a rookie's team
1: He doesn't like talking about teams, I get it No one does, nobody cares about your team You care I care about my team <laughs> I you. care about all of yours Thank you, I care. I appreciate all the love I just gotta do it I only get to see you guys while we're recording So sorry audience, hopefully any of you are in the same Problem as I am Let's uh, keep going with the Giants No No, you're done? Yes You've had enough? Mm-hmm Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the next game, and that's the
2: Jaguars at the Steelers. Oh, the Jaguars. Isn't that a delightful offense? Yeah. It seems to be
1: better than... I'm, I, I right, don't know there, how well. it keep, keeps being able to do it. Bortles it keeps being able to throw up some numbers, and four nets, four games, four touchdowns, and...
2: It's, it's one of those, it, it's, it, but to me it's that offense that just, it's like pulling teeth, you know, when you're watching it. It's, it's just, it's not delightful. It's not delightful to watch. It's not it's not like, oh, wow, yes, a big play here, big play there. You're, you're getting done. And Bortles, it was not good last week. Like, throw for 140 yards. It's just yeah. Leonard Fournette. Like, that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Alan Hearns gets 10 targets and ends up with four catches for 42 yards. And his worst game of the season, admittedly, though. Fine, you know, um, Marquise Lee didn't do anything. this Marquise best. Lee's not good. Right? <laughs> There's no one that's that good. Ellen Robinson's gone. You don't have anybody. It's Leonard Fournette. That's it.
3: They're yeah. a heavy, heavy run-focused team. So, like, if you're looking at last year compared to this year, they they they've got you know 20 percent less passing attempts than they did last year. They're a run first team. It's Leonard Fournette's team, and you're excited by Leonard Fournette's pass catching ability. He's catching three passes a game. Yep. He's catching receiving touchdowns. He's getting short bunny touchdowns. He's getting 18 to 25 carries a game. He's doing everything. He's locked in as like a top five running back right now. Everybody's gaga over uh, fucking Kareem Hunt, but Fournette's putting up solid, solid numbers for you. Well, because because Kareem Hunt's doing it
2: with the big play. Fournette's doing it with just a model of work, but but he's that type of guy. He is that older school, traditional workhorse, back, give me the ball, just rely on me, and look, the Jaguars have, they realize, they're limiting what their problems are, because if you let Bortles throw the ball 45, 50 times a game, he's going to turn the ball over three times, so minimum. So... You have a defense that's able to keep you somewhat in the games, let the defense rest, and get four net and they try
3: to extend their drives that way. right? Bortles, that makes sense. Bortles is converting touchdowns, though. Alan Hearns is one of their main red zone targets. So Alan Hearns is probably the wide receiver you most want to play. Uh, Marquise Lee is so, so, so far out of consideration for me in sort of a PPR league. If I need a wide receiver three, I'm not even thinking about Mark Easley. Yeah. Um, it's Hearns. It, nice. It's hey, Hearns he he and
2: it's Fournette. No, and when you're starting Hearns too, you're going, this is what you said. So, Hey, who are you starting this week? Well, I'm starting starting Larry Fitzgerald. I got A.J. Green and I'm starting Alan Hearns. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but the great thing with Fournette right now is the fact that he's getting uh, a lot of targets and doing something with them, catching them. Uh, so... Pretty nice. Twelve catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown on the season. I, I see this kind of equaling out. I mean, that's, that those numbers of receiving are pretty equal to uh, Hunt. Hunt's just had those monster runs, uh, and really, a lot of Hunt's receiving yards are coming on that one touchdown play had in what week one or two. So, I, when you when you when you're thinking about that, four and in the receiving game is is a little bit more consistent and doing it more slow and steady, but. Uh, take away one play, and he's, he's sitting prettier. Um, I think we're good on that one, right? Yep. Okay, but let's talk about their defense because their defense is pretty much right now pretty sure the best in the league. Uh, definitely, uh, I think their their secondary is, is is doing the best amount of damage to other uh, receiving crews. Does that affect the Steelers' receiving crews?
2: Uh, I'll let you say one thing, but I'm just going to say this real fast for. You play the Steelers when the
3: Steelers are at home. That's I all agree. I'm going to say. Go ahead and you so say your thing, then. We're looking at these two defenses because this could be a defensive struggle because you look at fantasy points allowed, uh, the Jaguars are up there at first, and, or the Pittsburgh's up there at first, and the Jaguars are down there at third. And then you look at against quarterbacks. The Jaguars are up there at first, and Pittsburgh's down there at third. But then you look at the quarterback or the opposing quarterbacks that these guys have played so far this <laughs> season, Let's hear the list. (laughs) It's just not fun for you. I got Joe Flacco for for Pittsburgh. And for the other side. Okay. So, Jacksonville. Let's throw Jacksonville. Jacksonville has had Deshaun Watson in a half game. uh, Tom Savage for that other half game. Had Marcus Mariota, who put up just 13 fantasy points. Had Ryan Mallett and Joe Flacco. (laughs) And had Josh McCown. And and then you flip over to the Pittsburgh Steelers' side. Uh... And you've got what? You've got Deshaun Kaiser, Case Keenum, Mike Glenn, and Joe Flacco. Woo! Those are some all-star
2: quarterbacks right there. (laughs) That both teams
3: have faced. So those numbers are a little deceiving. So when you look at Ben Roethlisberger going up against a team that's allowing just 6.2 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, you shouldn't be all that concerned because he is by far the best quarterback they've played this season. They haven't faced also any offenses and have the dynamic weapons
2: like Pittsburgh
3: has. And you can't sit Antonio Brown in any matchup just because he's that guy who gets you five for fifty.
2: Especially after he throws a fit. And it throws a water cooler, and Ben Roethlisberger called him out on on, uh, his radio show, or on a radio show yesterday. And Mike Tomlin was asked about it, and also kind of threw him under the bus. This is one of those things that Antonio will respond in in game, and it's kind of like they're pushing him the right way. So, I liked uh, the Terry
1: Bradshaw face. He's like, yeah, he's acting like a little spoiled brat. He's like, I would definitely sit him out one play.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then Martavis has just been inches away from multiple multiple big plays. The targets are all there. Uh but yeah, these corners are tough. These corners haven't allowed a single receiver over 65 yards this year. Um so can you sit Martavis? I'm not I, he's just one play away.
2: Well, One, I think it's coming. Black, black. Again, I'll go back to my whole thing. If you're thinking that he's burned you and I have him in two leagues, he got two shares of our tables, I'm never sitting him because I know that play is coming
3: and it, and it, what it when does, it's 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 huge. All so right, I'm with you. Also this could be a sneaky week for Jesse James. Uh, they are allowing fantasy points to tight ends at the sixth highest rate in the league. Uh, guys like Delaney Walker have had 61 yards. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins had a pretty good game at 4 for 46. Uh, allowed Ben Watson to score a touchdown. So Jesse James, sneaky play. Le'Veon Bell locked in. Well, let me a-
2: ask you this about Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is the strongest play well, of the week. He, he should be, but let me ask you this. because this is This is the one question when I look at it that I would say okay, he's coming off of a week where he was great, right? But it wasn't like he was great with, like, three big plays that got it done. It was 35 carries for 144 yards. 35 carries. Uh, Then he also had six targets and had four catches for 42 yards. So, with 39 touches that he had last week, what's a realistic number, and especially with Antonio Brown bitching the way that he was, that you would expect – touch-wise for Bell to get because I I know I'm not going to get 39 touches out of him this week, but am I going to get 28-30 touches or am I going to get closer to 25 touches? 24 Does it matter? Well, it could (laughs) because he still hasn't busted that big play yet. Now, again... He's getting himself up Jacksonville speed, is the feet, it was 30, it.
3: We're Jacksonville about is the 32nd-ranked run defense by DVOA. All right, well, they they're are allowing nearly six yards a carry to opposing running backs. There is nothing you don't like about Le'Veon Bell, no so, matter So you're
2: telling number me he gets carries. 30 carries this week. Well, yeah. here's, here's what I say.
1: In, in uh, Stag Party's target touches and looks piece that we just posted to the site today, the number one quarterback was Carson Palmer with 53 looks. This is a guy that's basically the point guard, touches, touches the ball every friggin' play. 53. Le'Veon Bell had 41. <laughs> 41 friggin' looks. That is, those numbers are otherworldly. So even if it comes down substantially, it doesn't matter. And like you said, he's doing it and chipping away and kind of grounding it out, grounding and pounding. We know that he can bust it, so give him thirty. Take take thirteen off that number, and he's gonna bust one. Just they like what they see. They won. And remember what we
2: said last trajectory. week. He was a guy that sat out all the preseason, so this has kind of been his warm up. Yeah, so this yeah. is right now where he's finally getting into his full mojo, full swing of things. Totally. I think. Do we cover everyone there? Yeah, I think we did. All right.
1: Um, let's go on. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to the Cardinals and Eagles. But before we do please do me a favor and listen to this word from our sponsor. Word. The Cardinals at the Eagles. Man, all right, it looks like the Cardinals are kind of waking up and figuring out how to get stuff, uh, get stuff going, at least from an offensive standpoint, uh, without David Johnson, and uh, we'll start there, but the Eagles are looking like a fantasy football mainstay, which is uh, pretty exciting And uh, from what I've been reading. Vegas is thinking like, hey, you know what, the Eagles kind of have a chance to be in the Super Bowl. Let's start with the Cardinals. Uh, Like I said, Carson Palmer had a a lot of opportunities, Um, you know, threw for 357 yards, didn't really do it with the touchdowns, but again opportunity knocks,
3: that's what you're looking for a lot of times. Especially against the Eagles secondary that does give up the big play and they have corners who are among the most targeted in football because they give up a lot of receptions. So you're liking Fucking Larry Fitzgerald, you're liking John Brown now that he's back and active and got a big <coughs> target share. You're liking even a guy like Jeron Brown who has had big target numbers the last couple weeks. The guy who really fell back in terms of snaps, dynamite, uh, was J.J. Nelson. Um, but even you like his ability to make a deep play this week. Is sort of that dart throw wide receiver six. You know, your bare minimum type salary guy. So I'm looking for all those guys to sort of go off, and I'm sorta of fading everybody else, except for maybe Andre Ellington and PPR leagues. They are an awful, awful run team. Right? <laughs> That's,
2: without David Johnson, they don't they don't have the engine to run in the race. Right
3: now, the Cardinals That's too many metaphors that were mixed. Oh, right now the Cardinals are running the most plays per game and they are only running it twenty-one times a game. They are had calling fifty 50 pass plays a game. Unfortunately, Carson Palmer's already had 17 sacks okay. through four games. So that's four, upwards of four sacks a game. That's a problem, but they're calling nearly 70% pass plays. You just play Carson Palmer just out of sheer volume. Um, and what do you want from Chris Johnson? He's maybe getting at you 14 to 40. It's Andre Ellington is the better start at running back just because of his ability through the passing game. The problem with Chris Johnson is
2: he's going to give you what he gives you almost every week because he's not busting the big playoff for you anymore. So he's giving you 12 carries for 44 yards. That's basically what you're getting out of him. And then Ellington is doing all of the damage as the receiver. It's kind of like, again, when we were talking earlier with James Whites and with uh, uh, these other uh, running backs the like airbags. that. airbacks. Right, the airbacks. Ellington in this offense without do without uh, David Johnson, because David Johnson did everything for them. So without him out there, now they have to compartmentalize. And with Ellington who can be out there with Chris Johnson as well, it's affected. Again, the other guy that I will, will talk about that's on like available in 97% of the leagues out there is Jerome Brown. And Jerome Brown, JJ Nelson became that hot hit because he had that thing. But if you keep going looking back, what's Jerome Brown? I think he's in his fourth or fifth year. He just always has some of these games where it's like he becomes the one target at the end of the game, and it's like seven, eight, nine targets. Now, it was great to see, especially this week, that he was able to do it with John Brown on the field, because that's always the question. Well, when John Brown's there, then Jerome Brown becomes basically non-existent. Now, if he's able to coexist and actually be a part of that, you know, but also, who does that really hurt? And so, John Brown—I think they're going to. Be, the Browns are going to hurt each other because Fitzgerald's still going to get what Larry's going to get. But I, the reason why I like your call, with Jerome Brown, Jaron Brown's body
1: and his—remember, his, he comes from Clemson, he comes from yeah. Clemson—and um, he's
3: got that. Big, Let's not talk like that's a good thing for yeah. him but he's got he came from Clemson where he totaled like 800 receiving yards in his career but, they, but look at all the guys he was behind the, you know they, they, they're, they're, he's the, been a work hard guy right now That's Clemson the in, in the
1: NFL is, is is the is the best school for putting out wide
2: receivers well let's go through he was he if you play at a Clemson, you are play, play one of these bigger SEC schools. You know, Clemson, who's had the guys like Sammy Watkins and all the other guys that have come out of there. Martavis, right? So, Mike, Williams. You, you, there's, there's, there's a high pedigree there, so you had to be a good athlete. But Sammy at the same Cose, time, uh, he got into the NFL and he wasn't regarded as a, as a wide receiver, so he's Sammy had to Cose work. He's had to work uh, hard. That's right. He had to, he's had to work hard. So, Jaron Brown, where John Brown came in and, and was easily given more things ahead of time, he's had to work for it. So. Those are the guys that you always like too. And I like. Them. And again, when you're not coming in and trying to be the number one guy, you're just trying to, to work your way up. And if you have those big, and he's got a, bet, a better body than John Brown, I think, uh, for for for, sure. for, for, for receivers, way so, more than JJ. Too. Yeah. The,
3: so the issue with Jaron Brown is he's never been able to sustain success. Like, his college receiving numbers were 1,200 total yards in his career. He never had a season with over 410 receiving yards in the past nine years. He's already at 205. Is he going to be able to keep it up the rest of the season? Yeah. Well, that was what
2: I wrote in my wire article. I go, the problem is, I go, he has never shown this to be something that he can do on a consistent basis. But... If he can, all of a sudden, he becomes a fantasy boom out there. A guy that you can grab, and if he does do this, even... Two out of you know two out of four weeks, one out one out of two or two, you know, guess two out of three. Holy crap! He becomes a really valuable fantasy player.
1: And as a and as a uh, a, a Brown owner, uh, the other guy, Sickle Cell guy, John Brown. John Brown, he's he's the same way. He needs a big play, a broken play. All his games where he lit it up were like very. It was sporadically, and there also
2: seemed to be like some sort of broken play. But they all have a much better chance now without David Johnson because yeah. David Johnson was the focal point of this offense. Where basically sixty percent of the offense went through without him, there they can't they can't give the ball to Chris Johnson. They have to find different ways.
1: And the team was obligated to Michael Floyd. Yeah, for seasons past because of draft uh, stra- draft uh, capital. <laughs>
0: Bill Bill Mary. Mary. So I heard there was some sex on the trip Some drugs too All I think missing Was rock and roll What was Danny doing with those ambience?
3: He has trouble sleeping outdoors How did Wheeler
0: come to be naked In the center of camp? He was sleepwalking Danny ever brought for your drugs? <laughs> Answer
2: No, ma'am Did Wheeler ever expose himself to you? Hell no! I gotta I, I have, have one too
0: Val Fellas These young gentlemen here have decided your fate If it was up to me, I'd lock you both up But the boys are saying you're okay This is your last chance Start acting like pigs Thanks guys Suck it, reindeer games I'm not Ben Affleck You're white, then you Ben Affleck Right, Will? Yeah, you're white That's true, I am white Let's go. <laughs>
1: degree games. All right, are we moving over to the Eagles? Yeah. I think so. All right, Eagles. Wentz looking pretty good from fantasy. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, curb Your Enthusiasm back uh, the other night. Uh, we won't talk about it. We'll let Stag Party get well, into We, we used League. it on our last audio last week. So. We did. We did. Let
3: Stag Party go. Goes. I mean Carson Wentz is currently the eighth quarterback in fantasy scoring. Uh he's thrown for over a thousand yards so far this season with a thousand fifty-eight, a six touchdown to two interception ratio. He's uh you know, adding five rushes a game for twenty-five yards. Give or take, all those things are good signs. He he's finding Alshon Drefri in the end zone even though he hasn't had a real breakout game yet. Zach Ertz has been one of the most consistent forces in tight end uh, pretty much in the league not even just at tight end he's got 100% of his games as a top 12 performer, he's locked into your lineups Can I say one thing about Carson Wentz before you go on here If you guys watched
2: him play have you watched yeah, like a bunch geez. of those games and the thing that's amazing when we t- were talking about Deshaun Kaiser earlier, right, with the happy feet and this that and the other thing, and Carson Wentz was a guy who basically came in and played as a, started out as a rookie? Wow, does he have a command and just an ability to sense when that pressure is coming, and is so freaking elusive. The way that he extends plays, it's
3: it's pretty ridiculous. He it's does just, seem to have that Roethlisberger nimbleness in the pocket, knowing pressure is coming and moves enough. You know, he doesn't really correctly. Run. Yeah, he pocket. doesn't he, yeah. he's got that pocket awareness to just make the throw after, you know, stepping up or sliding over. But when he pulls it in and decides he's gotta go
1: get that first down or there's a crease or there's an opening, it's not Roethlisberger. It's, yeah, I'm, it's I'm, even I'm, 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 Mary, I'm, it's even better than It's even better than Mariota. Yeah. You know. He's fat yes. He's fat he's faster. I'm not I'm I, I like Mariota. I know anytime I say anything against Mariota, it, it offends you. But watching the games, and I'm watching both of them a lot, he's better at just grabbing the ball and running than Mariota.
3: That's because Mariota doesn't do it as much. Fair enough. But he's or better. He but, but I'm watching. Doesn't he do it, it, it that much either. Wentz, Wentz, Wentz is, Wentz is looking to
2: extend the play more than he Wentz is looking has to it turn it, and done it. At least
3: four times every game this season. And, and that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying if, if I hope if Mariota did run it on more. Points, he's got that Jay Cutler. Like, Jay Cutler used to run the ball five times a game yeah. for, you know, 25 to 30 yards. And he's that kind of athlete, and he does look to throw and make the big play when he's outside of the pocket. He looks to take a shot to Torrey Smith or to Nelson Aguilar.
1: With Torrey Smith's still dropping big plays. Oh. Yeah, what else is That <laughs> guy so many. But if, if Mariota did it the same amount, then we can compare apples to apples. But that's not the case because Mariota's not doing it. And again... I said the other day that run, thirty-five scene run was fucking unbelievable. But when I see Wentz grabbing the ball on it, he looks strong, he looks fast, he's not scared, he goes out of bounds, he's not getting hit the way that it kind of is like Russell Wilson in yeah. those first few years, where it was just like it just looked real fast, quick, ex- decisive, without being decisive without decisive, effective, being hurtful, knows yeah. when to go down, knows when to go out of bounds, not being stupid. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Um just,
2: it's just kind of hard. Uh, I don't know. Well, the other thing that you got going for this too—he's got like, Jesus on his side. And, and look, and, and like uh, after him, you have Garrett Blunt, who was being much maligned until this last week. It's like he was available in two of my leagues, and it was like I got outbid, you know, in Fab because it was like people. I think I bid like twenty-eight dollars. He went for like thirty-two. Not only got bid like twenty-six, and he went for twenty-nine. I'm like, God ah, damn it, just just out of it. And then he has a game like this. But what's interesting is now that you have you have the perfect opportunity with Blunt being Blunt, where you know you're going to get, but you're not you're going back to the old Blunt before uh, you know uh, New England, not when he's scoring 18 touchdowns or whatever. But you have Wendell Smallwood, who is really starting to emerge here, that, that has found his niche. And without Darren Sproles there, they're going to really rely on him to be that receiver. But he's not like the other airbacks out there. He's also getting. You know, close to ten uh, carries a game, so he has that that ability to to be that more multifaceted type of a guy. And he did poach a touchdown away from Legarrette Blount this last week. So
1: I would I, wouldn't you think though the way Blunt was running that angry style and just like kind of like whether. It, you know, I know what he's done over four games, but the the momentum and the in the, uh, the 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 verve that he gave that team, in the way that he was running in that game uh, on Sunday or whatever, I think he's going to start getting some more carries. Hopefully, maybe it's game script. You're not feeling it. I just it's felt act- I just felt like it just galvanized the team, and everyone's like
3: damn, that guy's running hard, and I don't know. How much more do you want? I mean, he got 16, 12, 14. I think he's going to be in the 16 to 18 touch range, mm-hmm. and they're going to get small with those you know, 10 carries and then five I receptions. Agree. I agree. So, I think
1: it's the 15 to 18 range where instead of the 10, 12. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I, that's where we can agree. Like He's definitely probably likely to get those, but they also want to be multifaceted on offense. So when LeGarrette Blunt's in the game, they know that he's typically running the ball, and that makes you a one-dimensional team. When when Wendell Smallwood's in the game, you can run, you can pass, you can run play action, you can run screens, you can do all these different things that Blunt's not really great at. You can do it from the shotgun, you can do it from under center. Can't you do a better play action and bootlegging
1: with Wentz when Blunt's in the game? Yeah, it has to be from under center, though.
2: Right, yeah, but, but it's all about see, where does Blood actually score his points? We were talking about it when we were talking about when he was on New England. It was in those hammer time down in the third and fourth quarter reads, he's just wearing the defense down. Look at where look at look at the schedule that Philadelphia has been in. Their games have been uh, they won thirty to seventeen against uh, Washington. That was their biggest blowout game here, thirteen points. The next week against Kansas City they lost 20-27, to 27. so you were behind, you're not running LeGarrette Blount as much. So the next week against the Giants, they won 27-24, to 24. Well, you're in a close game. When you're in those close games at the end, you're not just sitting there trying to grind it out and run the ball, and this last week was a 26-24 uh, game against the Chargers, so it was the same type of a thing. He had his big moments, but when it came down toward the end and you're, you're yeah. you needing to move the ball, he's not going to be out there. there. All so,
3: so what we're talking about LeGarrette Blount. Pretty much all his carries, like every single one, came in games that they won. So maybe there is that effectiveness of getting him in that hammer and being a little bit more physical from time to time and wearing down that defense and then allowing those deep shots off of it. But if there's games where they're struggling and trailing from behind, he's not going to be that involved, unfortunately. So it is very game script-dependent. Um,
1: I agree. As as is anything, but it's good. It seems like even their wins and their losses... Are pretty close games. More they've
2: been in close games. This is the thing. Not, right. Nothing's been nothing's been out a, of a, a big block. But but the, but the difference is that you have to look at it this way. Look at the development. You have Alshon Jeffrey, who's newer to the offense. If they ever really get him going, that adds another dimension. You have Carson Wentz, who's getting more and more comfortable in his second year running this team. If you finally now you integrated Legarrette Blunt and get him into a role, Wendell Smallwood now into a role that he hasn't been in. Give it two or three weeks. If they start really putting that offense together, and if you believe in Wentz, like I. I believe in Lance where you can take that next step, then all of a sudden you might be able to extend some earlier leads and allow LeGarrette Blunt to have a much bigger opportunity two or
3: three weeks down the road from now. Everything looks pretty good on that offense. What do you got, Stack Party? And with, with LeGarrette Blunt, they're mostly just using him, hey, come in on first down, pick us up four yards, now we're going to pull in Smallwood. If you look at his carries by down... He's got 25 carries on first, 12 on uh, second down, and then five on third down. So they're really trying to, you know, get get them a couple yards early, get those manageable stick situations, and then go from there.
2: It's got it. Kind of like who, uh, who was it with? Uh, was it um, Ron Dayne? We get those early ones, and then Tiki Barber would end up with 150 yards at the end of the game. Thunder and lightning.
1: Uh, let's talk about Ertz quickly, and I love what I'm seeing so far with the new guy that you just mentioned, Jeffrey. It looks like he's they're getting they're trying to get him the ball, stretch the field with him a little bit, get him the ball downfield. He, he looks pretty good. I, mean, I know he's not. He, I think he's only he's like top 20 or something or what. But overall, I'm liking what I see out of um, out of uh, Jeffrey. What do you got? Anything on Earths or just? Ertz are starting. He's, you he's, know, he's, he's he's he the he the tight end one right now. I mean, two, no. three.
2: Think about it. I mean, we, we we still go back. Ertz has been this guy who's been getting the good volume of, of yardage going into this season.
3: He's got a good chance to be a three. thousand yard receiver this year. Way more than a thousand yards. Right? He's on pace for thirteen hundred Yeah. He's, he's, he's a third. Kelsey, no, he's, he Kelsey just right to now, he front needs
2: front. to give you touchdowns. touchdown. That's, that's what he needs to bring to the table. I
3: mean, I don't think he's going to give you more than four or five. Yeah. Maybe he can get to six, but you don't... But I'll tell you when what... You when you, you when did you're did a 1,300-yard tight end, it doesn't fucking matter. I, I don't even care. You
2: make an 1,100-yard <laughs> tight end, yeah. that's good enough for me. I mean, I'll mean, i take that juice. Especially
3: when you picked him near tight end tendon drafts.
1: Yep. he got the most... He's got 26 catches, so he's almost on... He's on pace for friggin' uh, 100 catches, too. 104. Wow. All right, let's go to the next game, and that's going to be the C- – this is the first of the uh, – of three. 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 Only three.
3: <laughs> Try box.
1: Man, <laughs> I can't even get a quad. I'm excited for this game. The Seahawks versus the Rams. That's a good one. Like, Inner Division, It's a change. It's, it's, it's now it's – just remember a few years ago, it's like, Rams got a great defense, but everything else sucks. Now it's like – all right, we got a good we got a good thing going here. Go, steak party.
3: Plus,
2: with the Rams, they're one of those teams that have had the Seahawks number. Yeah, they have over the past winning
3: games like ten to nine and yeah. things like that. Uh, yeah, and. So let's start with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's been putting up fucking fantasy points out his ass the last two weeks. He's just moving in the pocket, making plays. Guys are getting open for him downfield. He's making little flips to Luke Wilson, even if his knees down. Jimmy Graham's been pretty much non-existent this season. You look at his numbers so far, and they're atrocious. Uh, you know, Doug Baldwin back. Played last week despite a sore groin, so he looks like he's going to be healthier this week, and that should be good things going up against the Rams because Doug Baldwin's been, you know, hit or miss. But when he hits, he can hit big. Uh, also, you know, Paul Richardson. Paul Richardson's been, doing been a, making big plays down the field. He,
2: he had he only, he only targeted three times this last week, but caught all of them, and he's putting up 65 yards. He's that more, you know, bigger dynamic player that, they, that they're that they looking for. Tyler Lockett's also still giving them. And then Tyler Lockett got a uh, more of a healthy target share. What was it, uh, six six or seven targets or something for
3: him? Yeah, or five and, they're using, them. They're, and they're yeah. using him. And they're using him in the run game. Yeah, yep. just get, well, know, especially now with Carson out. Yep, and now you're going to be looking to the running back situation. I think that's where we should spend most of the time. That's where everyone has the questions. Because, I mean, Tyler i got Strong, a friend. Tom Sorrells is looking like he's going to be the starter, according to uh, Pete Carroll. Everybody's excited about a guy named JD McKissick. Don't be excited. Like, he was CJ Procyce's backup. The only reason he played was because CJ Procyce is out. CJ Prosser is the guy who's going to be inserted immediately back in, but maybe they do keep McKissick on the active game day roster and give him that you know three to four carries as they try and test the waters with all these guys.
2: Yeah, but what the, what is the deal? I have a friend who goes, <laughs> I got Thomas Rawls, and he says Eddie Lacy all of a sudden got more of the carries last week. Thomas Rawls was inactive, so right. But is Thomas no, Rawls so. gonna to continue to be in there? No. Thomas is, Rawls is gonna be the starting running back according to Pete Carroll. That like,
1: that is the weird thing. They kept asking him about Lacey and he, he kept going to Rawls. So you but Rawls, I mean, Lacey looked alright. What?
3: I did no. not see that. Did. I did not see a single play where 11 Lacey all right. carries
2: for 52 me. yards with a long of 19. It looks so alright to me.
3: He looked good on one play, like the 19 yard carry, but Lacy with, all with, right, with dude, that better than I've seen him look in two years. Every three yards of carry after that. Lacy with that offensive line just is not the type of player that's going to succeed there. So you he, like you like a Rawls. I like Rawls a lot better than I like Lacey.
1: Okay. So you think you think they're both mm, they've both been healthy scratches so far this year. I think each yeah. of them been twice. So you think they're both going to be playing, obviously, mm-hmm. and then as well as the rookie. Uh, mm, McKintrick. McKissick? Uh, McKissick. McKissick. <laughs> McKissick. Uh, McKittrick got blown out of War was.
2: Games. That's War Games. Yeah. <laughs> this thing <laughs> old, like... Whatever. That was Dan McColden's uh, uh, character. I love, I love War Games. Uh, what what
1: else
3: are you expecting out of that thing? Is Prosize coming back? Prosize should be back this week healthy. So it's just going to be a quagmire there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think McKissick's more of the special teams player, and they might get a couple gadget plays... Uh, like like some teams have been doing for certain players, like three touches, four touches. But ProSize is the third down back. If I'm in a PPR league, I'm taking CJ ProSize over all those guys.
1: You're based on your, the projections you did for the Pyro Heat Index uh, this week. What what were you thinking? Is it hard for you to remember? Are you no. thinking Rawls is
3: going to get a lot of touches? No, I'm thinking they're going to split it up between everybody, and it's going to fucking suck dick.
1: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, uh, that, that's what I want to hear. You said Rawls is going to start. I'm wondering
3: if you think he's going to be uh, gonna I don't play. think he's. I don't think if you pick up Rawls off the waiver wire, I don't think if you pick up Lacey off the waiver wire, I don't think if you pick up CJ Proseis off the waiver wire, I definitely don't think if you pick up J.D. McKissick off the waiver wire, you should immediately be slotting any of these guys into your lineups. Here's cool. the one thing that's I'll right about here. Rawls.
2: Think about this. I think about Lacey. I think about any of, the, any of the running backs that have been there. Has anybody this year gotten more than 15 carries? On that team? Yeah. In a game. Uh, Carson, no? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. So Maybe Carson got six. When you're looking at a guy like Rawls and a guy like Lacey, these are guys who need volume carries. They're not going to get them in this offense.
1: Are we got anything else in this one? All right. Should be interesting on the Seahawks' side. Let's go over to the Rams. Holy crap. This is uh, just unbelievable. Gurley putting on a clinic on the league. Do you guys know that he has more touchdowns through four games than Marshall Falk ever had in his career? That's freaking unbelievable. And that's a guy that I think had 28 touchdowns in a season. Uh, on pace for some serious damage. Uh, let's, what do you got? One not you guys just dive in. It's pretty exciting. I love what is doing. Uh, McShay? McVeigh? Uh,
3: McVeigh. Uh, McShay? McFly? Marty? Um. I mean, Todd Gurley's locked in as an every-week starter for you right now. There's nothing to not like. His usage in the passing game is what's giving him a safer floor on a weekly basis. They're sending him on those vertical fly patterns. Uh, Gurley gets started faster than any running back in the league in terms of speed. And then once he gets uh, past it, he can really move. I say, don't be a Gurley man. (laughs) And then uh, you look at the passing game... And this is the first true test of the season for this team. Um, you're now going to see what Jared Goff can do against a, you know, sort of vaunted secondary and pass rush and linebacking core. And just a vaunted, vaunted defense. So now is going to be the first true test. But he's been off to such a hot start that... You, you're not so concerned. I think if you're concerned, you're concerned about Sandy Watkins and his fluctuating usage. You're concerned about both tight ends and you're not playing them. The guy you're most likely to play in the passing game may be Cooper Cup yes. in this game because he's playing out of the slot. Uh, Robert Woods is probably going to put up a 5 for 50 spot, even though he did find a way to dominate. The Seahawks last year, if I remember correctly, I think he had like a 182 yard game against well, now the Seahawks. Bit,
2: bit <laughs> um,
3: but yeah, Sammy, I, I think is a dart <laughs> throw wide receiver three. Cooper Cup, sort of in that uh, flex range, it, with a little bit more safety and PPR. And Goff, maybe QB fifteen. Yeah, and I think the one thing that
2: you have to think about if you're a Sammy Watkins owner is you really got to be thankful for the Todd Gurley experience that just came this last week because now defenses are going to have to really refocus and understand that Gurley is the guy who's touching the ball all the time. Here's the guy that we really got to focus on, and if they put that extra focus on him, that could potentially open things up for Sammy Watkins. now. Sammy Watkins, if he's lining up on the outside though, if he's lining up against Richard Sherman, this is not necessarily the week where that's gonna happen. But as you said with Cooper Cup, and that's why I really like Cooper Cup. This guy, look, he, he can be a guy who can stretch downfield. He's a guy who can also run some shorter routes and do different things for you. Um, and the camaraderie that he has found with Goff has been really, really nice. And As far as with golf, when you say, you know, well, can he can do do all these things? Look, this is a guy in his second year who's really taken some nice steps. This game is one of those games that you don't fear as much for a guy like him. You may, but it's one of those games that you're looking at and go, for him, it's a real measuring stick. Where am I right now in my progression? And if the guy takes it with the right challenge and says, I'm going to prove myself and I'm going to do it by doing it against this opponent. And he shouldn't have the ultimate fear that other teams may have against playing against Seattle when you're going to play them against them twice a year for the rest
3: of your career if you stay in L.A. Yeah, I I mean, in his one game against Seattle last year, Jared Goff completed (laughs) just 52% of his passes for 135 yards. Now, we've got to give him a bump because that was Jeff Fisher. We know that he's not a very successful football coach in terms of wins, and his style is archaic. It literally ruined Todd Gurley for a season. Um, So, Sammy Watkins, though. I like him as the dart throw because his ability to get vertical Mm -hmm. uh, is good against a guy like Richard Sherman, who likes to keep things in front of him. And Richard Sherman's a very, very physical corner, so that means there are some opportunities for Samuel Watkins to get past him. And, you know, we saw Dez and the battle that they had, uh, and they've had over their careers, and and all the sort of pass interference penalties that can go against Richard Sherman. But is is Goff? Right now, I know he's playing great, but is he putting
1: the air on the ball? Is he throwing deep? He's, that's my only. Fear he's doing it
3: that. much more than he did last year. Uh, he's got one of the best net adjusted yards per attempts in the league, so that that's not really a concern of mine right now. All right. Does it change one, against the, Seattle? Maybe. The other thing you got to remember. Sammy Watkins has not been on
2: this team for that long. So, again, same type of thing. It takes a little bit more time for these wide receivers to generate the chemistry with the quarterback. We're seeing it with Deshaun Jackson. We're seeing it with a couple other guys. So, you know, with uh, uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, look, no matter how great the quarterback is, it, it, it's still timing. And the quarterback has to learn your rhythms and your timing as a wide receiver so, but it give, was a bummer. It was a bummer to see Watkins only have one catch. Man. I understand. I understand. I understand. But you know what? It also shows that a guy like Goff is learning as a quarterback, and this is where you have to feel more comfortable with him as a quarterback. That just because you have a guy that has the name Watkins on the back yeah, of his jersey, that you're not just feeling compelled to throw every ball to him. I completely agree. Uh, with that. You know, whereas Jameis Winston kind of feels compelled when he sees Mike Evans, and he uh, just got to throw him almost every ball. I completely agree with that at an NFL level, but at a fantasy football level, you, it, you it, would rather you know, have <laughs> the. I know, and it's hurtful. Um, that's why I'm telling you, it's better for a fantasy owner of a Jared Goff than it is for a fantasy owner of a Sammy Watkins. But give it two, three weeks. This is one of those ones where if I'm looking at it, I'll go and I'll try to make a trade right now and try to buy on Sammy Watkins while that owner who's got him is being pissed off and upset because he's getting nothing out of it. And see if I can't buy low on
1: them. Holy crap! I wish you were in my friend's league because my friend has been trying to move Sammy Watkins <laughs> ever since that last, <laughs> last week's performance.
3: The thing is, the Rams' schedule does get much tougher <laughs> from here on out. Just uh, you know, going forward through the next five or six weeks, they've got a tough stretch of defenses.
1: Totally. All right. Uh, any, anything else you want to? Is the is the kick, kicker still uh, cool? Or did they get rid of him? Yeah, that was, that that was the Chargers. Chargers. Oh, I'm sorry. The kicker is Greg Zerwitz. He Zuralize. like, like 24. Field goals
2: or whatever. Yeah, 24
1: points last week, bitch. Woo-hoo. 24 points, and he's already got something like over 20 field goals in the season, right? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And I, don't, 20, I don't look at 20, twenty or twenty-one field goals. Bro, I don't look at kicker stats. Ah, Jesus Christ, he's that
2: guy. First time hard. he's having on stacks computers.
1: By the way, we played Zerline in our blog talk radio. Remember, I, I sent you that. he had he got fourteen field goals on fourteen. Okay. My bad, uh, but we played Zerline those no twenty four points, and we snuck out
2: oh, a less than a point victory. And isn't that great when you steal out a victory with like Especially I was on the, teams, I was on the I was on defense the, and kickers. Right, stupid ass! I lost the game this week by one point on the last play of the fucking Chiefs game, but uh, at least we won one by a stupid kicker. Are you mad, bro, <laughs> <laughs> our drunk ass, our drunk ass kicker. <laughs>
1: All right, let's move on to uh, the Ravens at the Raiders. Uh, we'll start with the Ravens. I mean, finally, your boy um, uh, uh, Wallace got himself a touchdown and looked like he was somewhat in the plans. Uh, you start you there. The Rockets looked horrible. It's just a man. weird it's... scene there. What do you, what do you, let's let Stag Party go out. I feel like you're the most educated, probably, on most of these teams, but uh, definitely on the <laughs>
3: Ravens. Ah, uh, Ravens. I mean, Alex Collins looks like he's coming out and taking Terrence West's job. Terrence West's snap share is decreasing. But Alex Collins isn't being careful with the football and getting called out by the coaching staff, and that's a major concern. But he looks like the best back in terms of creating on his own um, in the run game, and that's something that's important when your offensive line is sort of in shambles, like the Ravens is, uh, suffering multiple injuries in the last couple weeks. Uh, Joe Flacco's been nothing short of awful this season Except getting the Raiders Could be another one of those cure-all games So, I mean, I think there's worse streamers than Joe Flacco I I don't know how many there are Maybe just Jay Cutler Uh, But the passing game Mike Wallace finally got involved Got a touchdown last week But the overall targets haven't been there for him Ben Watson's sort of been consistently targeted at The tight end position but his overall upside seems capped.
2: But, but doesn't this just seem like an offense that's in complete flux?
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Just they
2: have the- no idea what their identity is. They are mishmashing things together. You know, Javoris Allen was getting all those carries once things happened. Now he's basically been re-relegated back to just being a receiving... Uh, running back, and Alex Collins is now getting some of those touches, but he had a fumble, but he was still looking better than the other guys that they have. This has it, been the way this team, sh- offensively and defensively, has
1: been, literally for even the year they won the Super Bowl. This team, they get shit done, but has always seems to be very, there's no like, the White there's so no, no program winning. that you can put a finger on, and there's no like, there's no something that you're like, oh, this is why it's happening. Everything seems to be a little bit mishy and moshy and like... Uh, I don't know. Isn't, that's just kind of the way I feel like a John Harbaugh team but seems to be.
2: These are the type am of teams I, maybe that I'm I... Wrong, no, no, but these are the type of teams team when I, when I... It's built on deep. Again, when, when, I, when I feel that way, like I am feeling about this team, I really don't feel any confidence in starting any of the players on the team. And that's kind of where I'm at with Baltimore right now. When I look at it and, you know, okay, you're playing the Raiders and and, and maybe this is a better opportunity because the Raiders are going to be without Derek Carr, so maybe they're not going to be able to sustain nearly as many drives, so you might have more time of possession in this game. Does that really make me feel that much more confident about starting any of these guys? No, because... From a week to week basis, as far as the running backs, I have no idea who it's going to go to. I have no idea if you're going to give Javoris Allen uh, 12 carries, or if you're going to give him four. Are you going to give Alex Collins 10 carries, or are you going to give him two? You know, so I don't know. I don't feel the confidence there. So I'm not. I don't like going into games, and especially when it's an afternoon game, and I have to wait to hear any other news. These are not the guys that I want to be. Plopping in at the end of, at the end of the day and go oh I gotta oh I gotta, I gotta ride with this guy now that, that sucks so to me um, and Macklin not
3: getting it done Perriman not getting it done I just I just don't feel it I mean Perriman's two for fifteen as we oh, talked about horrible. Uh, so Macklin's getting it done the most Macklin's probably the closest to starting receiver there uh, maybe he's a wide receiver three Wallace is that wide receiver five. You know, dark throw type play That if you're desperate I can see some of the upside Especially against the Raiders quarterbacks Uh, The rest of the guys I'm really avoiding But I I do like The spec add on Alex Collins You know, long term Because I think this is a team that needs to focus on the run game Um and they just don't have a guy who can create for himself. Alex Collins, the best guy at doing that. Javorius Allen and PPR leagues, I could see him getting just a bunch of those checkdowns. But this, you know, could be a decent game for the Ravens because of the matchup. But it, it all flips over to the other side because can the Raiders sustain drives and put up any type of points against this Baltimore defense?
2: Well, that's going to be the whole question with the, the with the fact of not being, uh, having Derek Carr. So, might as well have a
0: I think you guys are gonna have to go to jail. The only thing we can do now is make a case at the hearing that you he did your best. It's gonna take some serious lowering on my part. Yes, Wheeler? Question, maybe a stupid one, but I'm just spitballing here. Uh, the get out of jail free card, is that based on something that exists, or? That wasn't a stupid question. That's real. It's real in the game of Monopoly. Yeah, it's based on true events. How? What what do you mean? Chance?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I'm going to say. While I'm pouring this beer, before we go into the other side, the Raiders' side, let's uh, listen to a word from our sponsor.
3: So, on the other side, you got Raiders being helmed by EJ Manuel, who they brought over this year. Uh, at least he looks like more capable than guys they've been starting in Derek Carr's stead, like Matt McLoyne. Oi, Matt McLoyne! Connor McGloin. Cook, who they had to start in the playoffs last year. So, Manuel's oh got an arm, uh, but. You know, looking at the receivers, you got to give them a big downgrade with Manuel at quarterback. Mari Cooper's been off to an awful start, and he doesn't look to get a bump because of E.J. Manuel. But C- Cooper's the kind of guy who could take the top off of defense, and Manuel does like to take those shots a couple times a game. So maybe th- there's a sneaky, sneaky sort of desperation upside. Is Krabby going to Crabby Mari be back? Cooper. Uh, What they're saying is he's got... Sort of an injury that could linger. It's one of those things. Dislocated
1: like sternums. Yeah, like they're saying that. No, who one had like, that? Who had that last year? No one. I've never heard of it. Oh, anyone t- have t- a dislocated t- sternum? Oh. I don't remember. Okay, go on. Someone had that, like
3: disloc Yeah, that. It sounds like it's a painful thing, and it's not one of those things that's just pain management. Is it could lead to serious, serious, uh, you know, repercussions if we were to play through it. So I'm not counting on Michael Crabtree back this week. But uh, yeah. other than Amari Cooper, you're looking at maybe Jared Cook, uh, who's, yeah. who's been getting consistently targeted. He nearly had an amazing touchdown catch. Yeah, I drops. mean, I sort of like Cook. And, you know, when we look at the realm of tight ends, it's sort of just once you get past eight or nine, it's all just start throws. And the other thing you got to think about, too,
2: with E.J. Manuel coming in, with the quarterbacks that are not, you know, as good, right, as they're coming in, what's the easier read? The easier read is, is, is the tight end. And it's an easier throw. So um, look for E.J. Manuel maybe to to hit him up
3: with some extra targets that he normally would not see with Derek Carr. Also the running backs in the pass game. I think there could be a lot of design screens for a guy like Jamie and Rashard. So Uh, you think this may actually be a better thing for Rashard? I mean, yeah. But just what we've seen from Marshawn Lynch, he's not getting it done. Baltimore is one of... The tougher defenses, but without Brandon Williams the last couple weeks, and they're not going to have him again this week. uh, They've been one of the worst run defenses in football, and they're currently allowing over twenty-one and a half fantasy points a game to opposing running backs—the fifth worst number in the league. Wow. Well, the one thing when I look
2: at Jalen Rashard, I wonder if this is actually a good thing with Manuel there because when I'm thinking back to when Manuel was a quarterback on Buffalo. I remember that, that big arm, it, the, one of the thing, there's two things it was about. Number one, it took a long time for him from set to throw, like that, that release was a lot longer than other quarterbacks, maybe even like .2 seconds longer or something like that. The other thing is that with that big arm, he had trouble on the shorter throws. So I'm worried more for Richard than I am, you know, at least with, with Carr, I know that when he got targeted, he would get the ball where he needs it to be. I feel that sometimes with, with, with Manuel, because of that longer motion, that he has a tendency to kind of overthrow on the short five, six-yard passes uh, or the, the little, little flip outs. I just
3: think you need to design a lot of plays
2: to get the ball out of E.J. Manuel's hands. I agree with that. And Rashard is a guy who can make things happen once he gets the ball in his hand in open space. But I just still wonder can that, he get the
3: ball to him. That's sort of like a desperate flex play still. I know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, dislocated
1: sternum was Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. played through it. And then also that YA tittle picture where he's on his knees and he's bleeding. That whole season he played with a broken sternum. But those are both Black quarterbacks so though. Broken sternum he played the rest of the season. And
2: who you said that, that has a style? Guy, um style? Maybe. Maybe Crabtree. Crabtree. It's different as a wide receiver versus a quarterback.
3: Yeah. If Michael Crabtree's sounds crab, uh, crab- I know it sounds crabby crabby for a quarterback too. But if Michael Crabtree's in the game with anything wrong with his chest, just play press coverage against him every every yeah, play. You he just, just body he, him you know, up, and uh, yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a, rough, it's a rough yeah, uh, let's see how many routes you want to run today,
1: Crabby
2: Patty. <laughs> crabby Patty, broken. Um, all right, we good? Yeah. Let's go to the best game of the week and the the highlight game of the afternoon. Packers oh, sh- at the Cowboys. Go hit it. These Packers.
1: Does, does Bryant caught it. <laughs> what rules have changed or not changed? Let's talk about the Packers. see so, T- Ty Montgomery,
3: broken ribs out, out. Multiple broken ribs. Not sure if he's gonna be out, but more than likely out, according to most doctors. Or at least majorly limited. If he's out. Williams or uh, Williams Jones? Williams has a knee sprain. He's going to be out a few weeks. So no. Jones? It's Jaron Jones. So Aaron Ann, Ann Jones. And Rybkowski.
1: That was a guy that you liked very early on when, when, when we were all talking about Jamal Williams. You were like, I like Jones. What, do you like this situation? Going back to my friend thing earlier, he's available. Him or Gallman? Well, look, right here. Hold on, hold on. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm all Aaron Jones. I'm the waiver wire guy. I don't, I don't, I don't. I've read your piece.
3: Yeah. It's all Aaron Jones I mean Aaron Jones is the much more dynamic player And the much more dynamic offense With a better offensive line in front of him and better scoring opportunities But to, but don't doesn't Ty come back And doesn't, uh, doesn't Yeah that's Gallup the thing have
1: uh, the rest
3: of the season right Do you need a one week fill in Or you know, I need two a season weeks, You need two week fill in Like Gallman's the guy who could sustain it longer But also hey Jamal Williams has a knee sprain Maybe he's not back. Maybe they decide that Aaron Jones gives them the best running chance. And he's also a, a, a dynamic receiving talent. So maybe Aaron Jones gets more involved than Wayne Gallman right away and stays involved. Because he's got the bigger opportunity now to carve out the role. So Wayne, Aaron that. Jones over Wayne Gallman.
2: All right, my two cents. Who's got the better offense? Is the Packers a better offense to be in, or is the Giants a better offense to be in? I'd rather be in the Packers' offense. Better, we saw now both. Jamal Williams with the sprain. With the sprain, is out. But did he do anything when he was in? No. Aaron Jones was not. Can we just active.
3: bring up the stat? He still hasn't gained six yards on a single carry.
2: There you go. And Aaron Jones was not active until this last game, and then they finally played him, and boom! Look what he did. He actually showed them something. Ty Montgomery, even if he comes back with with ribs, that's going to be an injury. As a running back, that's that's a horrible injury to deal with because you're going to get hit on every goddamn play, even when you're blocking. So that's not good. So Aaron Jones' opportunities, I think, go up. Wayne Goldman, the problem is that they still don't know really what they have. All you've really seen from him is still the same thing with a limited opportunity. But the difference is that Aaron Jones is in a, a, a situation where... You got Jordy Nelson, you got Randall Cobb, you got even Geronimo Ellison if if Devontae Adams isn't out there. You got Martellus Bennett. You got enough guys out there that are going to distract from you, and you have a quarterback who's going to be able to put you in those great situations. Now, Eli's a great quarterback too, but at the same time, he's not commanding that offense with a type of command that. Rodgers is commanding the Packers.
1: I feel like I'm gonna be able to get both of them, to be honest. So I'll go with Jones too because I know that he's on everyone's list. I was just worried that other people. Let's let's not talk about my team. We've done that enough. Uh, let's, but you guys like Jones this week against the Cowboys, regardless. Yeah. Well,
2: especially if Sean Lee is not able to get back in, in for this one. God, then I Definitely, that we, he is. But when he's in there, it, it's tough for, to run against him. When he's not, it's a valvorday.
0: Did you know that bald eagles are known to engage in a bizarre mating ritual, where two eagles fly upwards, lap tail ends, and fall towards the earth while rotating, separating moments before they crash into the ground, if and only if they consummate their bird fuck, If they don't, they are willing to accept death by hard ground. It's the ultimate race against the clock. Why are you telling me this? Why would I not? <laughs>
3: So, so the rest of the Packers offense, you're starting Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, you're starting Jordy Nelson. Randall Cobbs, like one of the only four receivers to have top 30 weeks in PPR every week of the season. He looks healthy. But especially with Devontae Adams out, you have to start him. Yep, I think Martellus Bennett gets a bump. And hell, even fucking Geronimo Allison is back on you know fantasy radars because who knows how long Devontae Adams is going to be out for. It's a concussion, but, man. severe concussion. That's one of those ones that can linger. He got fucking railed. And D- Danny Treithan only gets one game suspension. So it went from two, they, they, they negotiated
2: they down negotiated to one. They negotiated down to one. Wow. Yeah. But this is, again, this is one of those fun games. I think it's going to be, they're going to have to be a lot of points being scored. So, um Geronimo Allison will probably be one of those players that'll be a great DFS play as well. Uh, again, if you're looking for that cheap $5,000 or, or 35, 400 or whatever in uh, DraftKings, in order to steal one. Now, how about the how about the Cowboys? Because we still have not gotten the news on Ezekiel Elliott whether he's going to be suspended or not, and that news is likely not to come until at least the end of the week. And probably more than likely till after this week. So I think he'll play this week. Um, the question will be what's going on afterward. Now, for those of you that are out there as the waiver wire guy here, the savvy pick to make would be to go grab Alfred Morris if you have a deep bench. Um, I'm it, still
3: not sure of that. Which thought? Uh, which grabbing not, Alfred Morris. You're you're still still not, be, you think it would be D I think it would be D I agree with you. I mean, just because he's more complete. He could do more things. But I also think it's a running back by committee. I also think they use all three guys. So, it's not something... Well, the other
2: problem, the reason why I say Alfred Morris is because when it gets to the red zone... If you're going to run the ball in, you're going to put the ball in the end zone, and again, if it is going to be a committee, you're not going to get, again, you can't expect that whoever comes in and steps in is going to have Ezekiel Elliott results. They're not going to do it. It's going to to take those numbers and it's going to be the money ball way. How do we get there with three or four guys to get to this exact number? Well, the guy that I want in those numbers is who's getting the touchdowns? So to me, that's Alfred Morris that has a better opportunity. Two questions: One, when is, when's
1: that news going to come out? Soon end, Monday. Well, then soon. Friday
2: or Saturday is when the court's expected to make. Friday.
3: Really? Is when Friday I, is when they're expected. I, I don't know. Everything bad. said soon. Yes. Yeah, soon. soon. Yeah, it was yesterday. Adam Adam Schefter today.
2: Soon. Soon. I soon. heard that same thing, but they kept saying it could be pushed to Friday, and it's could, which will make it go past this week. Do you guys think? Do you think he's getting suspended? And if so, for how long? I do. I don't think it would be six games. I bet you
3: it's closer to three. What do you I think? do. I think it's six games, just because it's in the courts right now. You think? Why, gonna why are they going to negotiate? And, well, they're the
2: in the courts right now to try to make it. It's either going to be one or the other. And, and yeah, I read it's like today was
1: like very yeah. compelling. Yeah, very compelling. Whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. We've
3: talked about this enough. But they're, I, in, they're in a much more pro-management court than they were in Texas. So you know, this is the court that sort of decided on the Tom Brady thing. So, they're probably more likely to stick with the decision than anything. Deflating a ball
1: by 0.2 or whatever, and, uh, you know, beating a woman, two totally different things. Allegedly. So, allegedly, but you know what I mean.
2: Because he was never charged, right? So, I mean, there's so many. We like don't a, need to go Let's get into fancy. Let's go into Des the our, our resident desbian. Yes. What do you think? You want. <laughs> I'm 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 happy with the way that Des is finally starting to see more more touches going on in this if, game. You like him? Mm-hmm. I do because this should be a shootout type of a game. So even though you're going to be at home and even though you're going to be able to 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 rely on Ezekiel, you're going to need him to step up. And what's the one thing that the the, the Green Bay Packers don't have is a dynamic lockdown cornerback. So. Again, this is finally in the point of the season where it starts to loosen up a little bit for Des Bryant. He's been going up against real tough defensive backs up until this point, so now this is a beginning of it. So I think it's going to be a major boon to him to have Ezekiel Elliott for this game because he needs to have the Packers be concentrated on, his, on Zeke so that
3: he can be able to be effective in play action in other, in other ways. If Kendall Wright can score 11 points <laughs> against the Packers secondary... And A.J. Green can point. score 17 points against the Packers secondary. And Julio Jones can go for over 100 yards against the Packers secondary. How are you sitting Des Bryant this week? Like, Des Bryant, I think I've got him in my top five. Like, you never never in Des Bryant. Well, right. Even, even we
2: well, even his a bad matchup a couple weeks ago where he ended up with, like, what was like 30-something yards or 18 yards, but he scored the touchdown. Yeah. So, I I, I mean... I think we all... The red
3: zone targets are there. The red zone target share is there. The overall target share is there. Even though Dak's been very, very inaccurate on throws to Dez Bryant and sort of not getting him going. But the coaching staff for the Dallas Cowboys also has to find other ways to use Dez. They only use him on you know a very limited number of routes, slants, digs, deep crossers. They need to get him on you know more of the quick hitters, the stop routes, uh, you know out routes, and other things that he can do running that deep corner. And then he can really start to put together his full game. But everything you want, you know, in terms of targets, has been there. Red zone targets has been there. You know, touchdowns have been there. And you know, Dak has had to throw the ball more this year. And Dak's been a top-12 fantasy quarterback in every game this season. Some of it on his rushing, but also a lot of it to do with his arm and his very efficient uh, touchdown passing. And Jason Witten's sort of fallen off the map the oh last my couple weeks. The last two he, weeks have been horrible. He's now. been like an awful start. Uh, Ter- Terrence Williams can't catch a cold, even if it hits him in the chest. Cole, Beasley's, Cole Beasley for 4 for 42, maybe a little more if you're lucky. And Bryce Butler, who's probably their best secondary receiver, they refuse to play.
2: Yeah, but that's the problem that you're getting right now. Is that you're getting the complete balanced attack. And the balanced attack without a dynamic part of it is just a balanced attack. So you're getting that, you know, Zeke Zeke has given, given you, gave you a great game, was last week, right? But before that, he's given you, well, well, pretty good, but... Not what he was doing last year. And the wide receivers are going, nah. but nothing great. So you're not getting the top-end performance. You're getting mm, ceiling floor, which is really close together right now. Will this offense take another step, start taking more deep shots and, and and trying to commit to that, which I don't understand. When you got a guy like Zeke Elliott, how are you not the most effective play-action-passing team in the league? I don't get that. You should be awesome, and you should be hitting people for big chunks because they're over-committing on the run.
1: I think this goes back to another thing. I think Jason Garrett is super excited about that, and the team's excited about it for their football team, but some of the drawbacks of it for us fantasy owners are obvious The spreading around. Um, I think what, what Dak's been able to do in his second year and just not zone in on someone uh, is perfect,
3: but not for when we start a or an Elliott. So, we'll see. I mean, in the last two matchups, the Cowboys have scored 30 and 31 points against the Packers. Uh, They pulled out one and lost the other. I'm looking forward to great offense in this game, and I don't really see a player that's an obvious sit on either side. Awesome. Let's go to our second-to-last game,
1: and that's going to be the only undefeated team. The Chiefs are going to Uh, Down to uh, Houston to play the Texans I think this is going to be A pretty friggin' good game Um, We saw Well, Let's start with the Chiefs
3: So the Chiefs, what you like is Their offense is unlike anything else in the NFL Right now The wrinkles that they're running with The wrinkles that they're passing with Are all excellent Andy Reid is coaching the shit out of these guys He's using all of His weapons skill sets And they're all playing great right now. Alex Smith's getting the ball out, uh, taking some deep shots. Uh, using Travis Kelsey down the seam, using Travis Kelsey as a fucking wildcat quarterback with <laughs> Alex Smith behind him, Tyreek Hill on one side, and Kareem Hunt on another side, that'll make you Kareem in your damn pants. Kareem Hunt's been one of the you know most effective runners in the league. Uh, he can get it done out of shotgunning, get it down on an under center. He's caught all 13 of his targets. Uh, there's nothing you're, you're not sitting Kareem Hunt uh, Tyree Hill's been dynamic uh, Since the first game though It's sort of fallen back to earth a little bit he he's, is he's, dro- he's dropped some balls well, yes, the, 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 the
2: one player That was the ultimate surprise last week Was Albert Wilson Being used the way that he was Um
3: it, Albert it, Wilson literally ran into the only guy being blocked. He got
2: fucking trucked. Did, yeah, he did get trucked. That was I was I, 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 I was playing cards with my friends and I'm watching on the on like a, in his in his uh, garage. He's got like we play euchre. And he's got like a big huge screen on the side of the garage, and so we're watching it. And I'm like, I, I was excited when he oh, said he got cards trucked,
3: and then said euchre, and it went all down from hell from there. Come on, man! <laughs> anyway,
2: Euchre's a great game. You got it's it's a Midwest game. You got to get into it, buddy. But you gotta, yeah, have, but you gotta right, have four. You gotta have three other friends to play with. So I, I understand where you, you know, you oh, might have problems. Whoa, whoa, right. you gotta have partners, buddy. Marty, friendless. <laughs> but he got trucked, and he's not elusive. He's not this, that, anything. and the other thing. This is where I'm saying, as the Wave Wire guy, he's a foil. He wasn't on my list. I didn't put him in there. He's not a guy that you can trust or believe in. This is, this is just it's, it's fool's gold. It's not anything. Um, but. I love what Kansas City is, they're they're running a complete offense and it happens with the dynamic running back and when you have that dynamic running back that not only you can give 20 plus carries to but can bust off the big run and the big play in the passing game, now all of a sudden you're able to run every bit of your offense and you have a quarterback who, how old is Alex Smith now and he's still running like a young quarterback? And that's something that he's done his entire career, but he's now become a more efficient passer. It's pretty, well, pretty scary. As, a, as a, not necessarily from fantasy, but from a, a team perspective, like Kansas City is a real deal team.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I think what you see a lot in at every level is people, players going into motion. You're setting up the play. You're starting to say, oh, "Okay, we got Tyreek Hill coming behind. Are we going to snap it and hand it to him? Is he going to be a decoy?" But what they're doing is they're doing that. Throughout the game A lot of systems you see In a lot of teams Like yeah in the first quarter we're do- You're doing your motion You're trying to set up your plays And free people out And confuse this them But this the one they're quarter. still doing it In the fourth quarter And you don't have a clue On where they're going to go with it And I think that's a genius thing Because they have so many weapons And I think it all it, It's because of his feed Tyreek Hill But it's also because Friggin' Kelsey It It He's he, you get he's, the ball, you get him the ball anywhere and it's it's a mismatch. He's well, a mismatch. Uh, like he's like Gronkowski. Uh, a mismatch.
3: Uh, uh, so you just gotta throw him the ball, or else it's yeah, not a mismatch. I agree. Right. And the and one I think
2: thing they're realizing. And that. the one thing that we have seen is that you know Tyreek Hill had that ridiculous game in the, the first game of the year against New England, but he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, right? Because there an not is. going there. I know, well, <laughs> I, I'm, but I'm no, I love, it, love it's a right echo. Because it's true, this is one of those things where you had to look at it and go, "He is more of that gimmick type player." And the difference is that when you you didn't know in week one what you had in Kareem Hunt, now you know what you have in Kareem Hunt, and that, and that allows Andy uh, Reid to be able to develop his offense to look differently. And if you want to think about it, look at Kareem Hunt as the height of Brian Westbrook when he had Brian Westbrook, and how dynamic. That Eagles offense was through everything that they did with Westbrook because it screwed up defenses and allowed them to do everything else in their offense. That's what they have right now with Kareem Hunt. Before you go on, uh,
1: Stag Party, did you guys see that little excerpt they had on the game last night where uh, something like, was it in high school or before? Yeah, in high school, maybe even before high school. It might have been in, in junior high school. He had a 700-yard game.
2: Oh my no! I did not see this.
3: Three months. Oh. It was in youth football. Youth yeah.
2: football. No, that was a, so. I, I saw the highlight because they weren't had the volume on. Is that what they were showing him with the little red jersey yeah. running around? That was seven hundred yards
1: in one game. Hilarious. And Just, he, then he wasn't. He wasn't uh, recruited out of high school uh, until after he had committed to Tulsa. Toledo. Um, Toledo sorry, Toledo. Um, the mystic, Go on.
3: I don't got nothing else. Nothing yet. else? All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. I mean, to you're starting Tyreek, you start Travis Kelsey, you start, uh, you start Kareem Hunt, and then Alex missed an interesting streaming play this week. I mean, Houston does have a tough defense, and they've got the players, but they just haven't been playing up to snuff of recently that you've been able to put up points on this Houston team, so... Uh, and with how efficient they're playing, and his ability to take care of the ball and also run, Alex Smith's in there. Flipping over to the other side, Deshaun Watson's another guy who's got that, you know, Dak level running ability. He's got players on the outside who can make plays. The offensive line is starting to come together a little bit. And Will,
2: Will Fuller's return was big for this offense, not because of his two touchdowns, and, and it's more also because of. The, the passes that he didn't complete, but the ability to stretch that ball down the field and be able to make that safety have to respect that speed over the top, and they're going to get that connection because that's one thing that Deshaun loves to do is throw that deep pass. So
1: that and is, I love it more than everything else. Not even for Fuller himself, but what, it, like you said, how you started that, how it sets
3: everything else right up and
1: opens everything else. But up.
3: also, let's talk Could about the question. evolution. Let's talk about the evolution of this offense because the Houston Texans offense. Played a dramatically different game, really playing to Deshaun Watson's strengths. Uh, it opened up holes for Lamar Miller. They got Lamar Miller more involved in the pass game. They ran that sort of speed option to the short side, which is pretty much undefendable in the red zone in the NFL Um You know, you ran the zone read looks, you ran all these different subset of plays, which Deshaun Watson is extremely comfortable with coming from that spread style, and it really worked out. Unfortunately, you're going up against Andy Reid, who knows that system, but Deshaun Watson is going to provide you some boom fantasy games, and if he can take care of the ball like he did last week then you're going to get Dak-level performances. But he does have more turnover risk than Dak Prescott does. He does, but at the same time, look at
2: what Deshaun Watson has done. In his first week, he completed 12 of 23 passes. Okay. He wasn't that, even expecting to play that. So let's give him a pass. The net, fine, the next <laughs> week, 15 of 24. And that was in a half. Right, then the next week was 15 of 24 for 125 yards. Okay, that, that rookie game, get the jitters out. The last two weeks... 22 of 33 for 301 yards with two touchdowns and two interceptions. Last week, 25 of 34 for 283 yards with four touchdowns and one interception.
3: And what are you doing in the
2: running game? I mean, that's the point. I'm not even bringing up what he's doing in the running game. Yeah. As a quarterback, just on those numbers, those are good fantasy. But I think last week he had four rushes for 24 yards and a touchdown.
1: Very nice. important.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, so he gives you that other dimension uh, but again, I think that what the, what you're saying, and this is again where we were talking and laughed about about three weeks ago, Bill O'Brien as the as the quarterback mentor. Well, he's it looks like he's finally. He's understanding what his quarterback can do and he's adjusting his offense to it. He's got to. And no, no, that's the best way to play. no, no. You, you say that, and that you're 100% right, but not every coach does. So God bless him for being an understanding coach and saying, this is what I have. I'm going to use the talent and get the most out of it. If these
3: dumb fucks in Chicago, don't alter the yeah, offense they better. They from better. Mitchell Trubisky. Run a little bit get, more zone read. Run the bootlegs. Get, get him out in yep. space get and allow in, him. Uh, to yeah, rollouts, rollouts, rollouts. Like, let this guy work in what he likes to do. If they don't do it, I'm gonna. It's it's an island game. I'm gonna lose my shit. Well, that, we'll we'll talk about that one next. I know, because, but yeah. it was the time.
2: You're right.
1: You're Hopkins leads all wide receivers in season looks. Leads all wide receivers in snaps. I think the guy is basically on the play for every fucking...
2: He's Talk on about the resurgence for every, from last year, right? A, a reversal. He, 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 he was like, you, you had to avoid him like the plague last year, and now it's like you can't get enough of DeAndre. Honestly. Well, he,
1: he, you had to avoid him because he wasn't doing shit. But no, no he was because he wasn't getting... somewhat, somewhat high. No but, he, no, but he
2: wasn't getting targeted, was he? Wasn't, yeah, yeah. You're like, you, you couldn't see anything in the stats to allow you to say, I feel comfortable this week. You're like, I hope. Fingers crossed. I hope. Now you're like you know uh, he's I'm getting I'm getting good
1: volume out of he him. He is such a value pick by, in every draft this year. Good, good. Yeah, word.
3: DeAndre Hopkins is locked in. Will Fuller looks like one of those you know wide receiver three type flex plays with touchdown upside. He's got that ability to go deep. Uh You know Bruce Ellington's sort of playing their third receiver um, right now. He's been you know the second most targeted receiver on the season but that's probably going to go over to Will Fuller with Will Fuller's return though we didn't see as much from Ryan Griffin who last week looked like maybe a solid pickup uh in order to you know I, soak up some of those targets I'm not going to sour as much on Ryan Griffin though because at the same time
2: I think it's more a matter of Look, figuring out the gelling all these guys together and it's still for that, that rookie quarterback, that tight end, and Griffin is a great receiving tight end. I don't know about how great he is at blocking, but for what he can do as a receiver, he's a great option for, for Watson. So those games will come. All right, let's move on to the Monday night. Well let's game. quickly talk about the running backs. We didn't talk about Lamar oh, yeah. Miller. Well Lamar yeah. Miller is solid, but I was supposed to say this. Okay. Don Deonta Foreman. It's, it's one of those things where he's basically put up the same stat line for the last three weeks in a row, but he's getting, what is he getting? It's like eight, eight carries or 13 carries, 10, 12, 13 carries, getting 40 yards. They're, they like the ability, and it's and it's smart, too. This is why it's also good. If you're a Lamar Miller owner, you should be happy because Lamar Miller yep. is not a guy that can be successful at 25-plus
3: carries or anything like that. Yeah, he's best at of 15 to 18. Exactly. Conscious. You've got yeah. to keep him fresh. So in the last I agree. since 2015 in games that Lamar Miller has had four or more catches he averages 14 and a half fantasy points. So when you can unlock his receiving ability it helps a lot for his fantasy score.
1: Can yeah. I say one thing with Deonta Foreman though? But we like him for what he does for Miller, as opposed to right now, you can't necessarily be well, a, no, considering no. a Foreman as a starter. But you no, should, you no, know, but you should definitely
2: way. be considering Foreman as a guy if he's available on your waiver wires and you're sitting, at, at, with a, yeah. with a running back situation. Now look, you don't want to. It's construction of your lineup is very important in fantasy. We all know this, so you don't want to be adding all these guys that are all complete backups, but here's a guy who's getting at least 12 touches a game. The touchdowns are going to eventually start to come for him. Lamar Miller had his first real big game this last week. And Lamar Miller is a guy that we know that we can't necessarily 100% trust for durability. And so, so number one, they need to give Lamar Miller less touches so he can be more effective in those touches. That means Foreman gets more. If Lamar Miller gets dinged up, Foreman becomes the de facto. Who else you got there? Alfred Blue? You're not going to go back to Alpha Blue with what you have from Foreman. It's the same type of guy. I'd rather give Foreman the, the bigger opportunity to have those, 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 those touches. So if, Al, if, if it does ever happen that Miller were to go down, it becomes really an 80% offense to 20% for Alpha Blue. It's not a 60-40 split at that point in time.
1: Love it. All right, before we go to our Monday night game, do us a favor and uh, take a, listen to a word from our sponsors. All right, Monday Night Football in Chicago. The Vikings visiting our Bears at Soldier Field. We'll start with the visiting team. Obviously, sad moment. Um, what looked to be a, just a, a, a great uh, breakout season for a highly drafted rookie in Dalvin Cook. Uh, done for the season. Super bummer, um, let's just start at that position We know that Latavius Murray is, is pretty much uh, going to be a waiver wire Number one slot in a lot of positions We talked, alluded to it a little bit earlier uh, What do you guys think, uh, what's the outlook for Latavius in this game In the season, uh, McKinnon, all that good stuff
3: I don't really like I'm not running this this is a week if I'm in a good spot I'm not running to the waiver wire like depending on my waiver priority I might throw out a you know bid for Aaron Jones I might spend a top five priority on Aaron Jones but for any of these other guys, I'm really not running to the waiver wire uh Latavius Murray and McKinnon I think are splitting work uh, I think McKinnon's gonna be the change of pace back in you know, eight carries a game with, you know, five, six targets a game, and then Latavius Murray's maybe gonna be the guy they bring it down with in between the twenties, maybe he's the guy in the red zone. But I think this is gonna be a pass first team, especially when you get Michael Floyd back from suspension. Now you can run three wide receiver sets with Michael Floyd, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, and you've got a big tight end in Kyle Rudolph and you know, If you get Sam Bradford back and healthy, this is going to be a pass-first offense. I agree that it's going to be
2: a pass-first offense, but I think it's going to be a worse offense. Dalvin Cook made the defenses have to respect what they can do in the run game. They are not going to respect what Latavius Murray brings in. They are not going to to have to worry about... I mean, they might as well bring Matt Asiata back. We're going back to what this Viking offense has been when Adrian Peterson is either suspended or hurt. And it becomes not much out of the running game and we're going to rely on what we can get out of the passing game. Now, the one thing I'll say is at least with what what Mike Zimmer has, he's got a great defense out there that's going to be able to to turn the ball over. And we're finally seeing we need... Is Sam Bradford, when is he going to be coming back? That's the big question everyone wants to know because that's really what dictates... What's going to happen with this team? And so, where are we at right now? What's
3: his timeline? It's Sam like, Bradford could be back Monday night. They right. can't wait for him.
2: Right. But now, if he is back, and I think, when, okay, let's assume that he's back. Because I think that's where this offense needs to be. Even if he's not. If you want to start Stefan Diggs, you want to start Kyle Rudolph, you want to start Adam Thielen this week against the Bears, go ahead. The Bears' defense has not been proven that they're getting to the quarterback and second guys. and.
3: They're, They're allowing the seventh most fantasy points right. to opposing wide receivers. Thank you. They've allowed six touchdowns to opposing wide receivers this season. They're allowing you know over 150 you know yards a game to the position. They've been you know giving it up sort of across the board right. to the you know wide receiver one, the wide receiver two, the wide receiver three. They're giving it up to everybody. So the, to me, this says look.
2: If I'm Minnesota, if I'm a fantasy owner, I'm, I'm, I'm loving my wide receivers. I love them in this divisional matchup, even though it's on the road. But it's a rookie starting on the other side. Potential for turnovers against our defense, and the potential for us to be able to have control of this game is good. And on Monday night, it's not a type of game that you're just going to do one of those grinded out type of games. You're going to probably take a few more chances than you would if it was a 12 o'clock game uh, uh, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you, you go into the game. No. No, my aunt, uh, I'll give this one out. My aunt is going with uh, her friend who uh, is a diehard Vikings fan. She's always going with Marianne Uh Prayers are with you, Felino, She's going through cancer. And uh, so, you know, I'm rooting for you, but I'm not rooting for your Vikings.
3: I'm going to <laughs> go root for Stefan Diggs the do he always does to the Bears. Diggity, diggity. Yeah. Um, you going to go to the game? No, I should. The tickets are cheap, dude. Really? Don't
2: hey, by the way, day. if you want to go, go, I got an extra game. I got... You want to go with me to the Packer game? I got Yeah, next yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go to
1: that. <laughs> I, I was going to go to the game. I'll go to that one for sure. I was going to go to the game. Uh, sadly, given bad news, but again, in the same guys, Daisy's going having surgery Monday oh, morning. Oh. Uh, She's got a big, big ball that went from fattiness to basically a baseball over the last three weeks. Oh. So I've blown about $1,000 on her in the last, uh, she <laughs> last three She deserves it. She deserves uh, it. Yeah, she's going into surgery. They're pulling th- a couple things out. They got her under. They're pulling a tooth. Like, basically, it's like we're putting the old girl under. They're yanking a tooth. There's a growth in her mouth. There's a big ball. There's a little marble. The poor girl is going to come out with some sutures. But uh, I was planning on, because I was looking on Vivid Seats, and I was like, shit, these seats are cheap. Um, but I'm going to hang out with my girl and give her a lot of tummy rubs. So, Daisy, you're going to be good. Let's move on over to... Diggs, by the way.
3: Okay, diggy,
1: yeah. diggy, diggy.
3: Diggs is great. Adam Thielen's NGC. great. Ky- Kyle, Kyle Rudolph's the guy sort of falling back in targets.
2: And Trevray uh, is suspended for this game.
3: Yeah, it, but the Bears against tight end aren't anything to be scared of. I mean, they've got so many injuries, blind back linebacker position right now. Uh, but it, it's really going to depend on if Sam Bradford's back for Kyle Rudolph for me, but I'm not going to know that. So. He's sort of one of those back end tight end one type dart throws that you're hoping for for a touchdown. Um, if Case Keenum's the starter, just adjust your expectations a little bit. What's what's wrong with Sam Bradford? Like, what's his injury right now? He got a knee. Knee? He got
2: he got he got a, he got a knee. I mean, he gave you the one step. He's, he's got a knee. He's away. got a knee. He's got a shoulder. He's got he got a rib. I mean,
3: we <laughs> you lost you lost twenty eight to thirteen. We were one play away. They're they're being uh, They're being cautious with them But Sam Bradford shines Under the bright lights of Monday night Alright, let's go to our Bears
2: Troobs The Troobs era begins He's saying all the right things Here's what uh, Trubisky might be saying After this game Okay, I had
3: a protection spell on me Alright, but it had faded off when you touched me So don't flatter yourself thinking you can come back at me, okay Because I would love to see you penetrate me again <laughs> Who's saying that, Glevin? <laughs> oh, no, Trubisky might be saying that to the Minnesota defense. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Trubisky, we talked about how they need to play to his strengths, but overall, as a fantasy quarterback, you got some concerns. I don't, he's not a starter. Well, but let's understand
2: no one's going to be starting Trubisky this week. Two quarterback leagues exist, Houdini. Uh, okay, but if, if you are. Against Super Minnesota flex, in his first game, this would be one of those, you're really grabbing at straws. And so you're knowing that you're going in with about a 20% chance of, of ultimate real success.
3: But here's where the, you are going. are in with a 20% chance of 15 fantasy points. I agree with I,
2: Have you Did you watch him in preseason?
3: No. I like what he has. Here's the thing. He, look,
2: he, he does tell you, I feel like he's going to be good this season. This, this, this is where I'm, I'm coming from a, a sign of positivity here. You don't even understand this. <laughs> okay. I watched him play as well. I love what he can do. I saw what Mike Lennon was able to do, which was absolutely nothing. It looked like a statue and just make guffaw-type plays. I don't think Trubisky does that. I think Trubisky is, just seems to be... Someone who understands the game better and is able to... to He's uh, a quarterback organically. it is his brain able to comprehend the game so much so that he sees things happening and doesn't make the misreads that rookies make as much. Now we'll find out. And, and the other thing is this. I think that he learns more from his mistakes. And This is a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience. What do you have, 13 college starts? So this is not a guy who had like Deshaun Watson who had been to two uh, NCAA championship games and had started over 30 games as a, as a college quarterback and had all that experience. Here's a guy that didn't even get to be the, the backup quarterback until week one and then finally started running the scout teams. But obviously he's shown the, the, the staff enough. And what he can do is what McGlennon can't, is make his capability and get out of a play and then make a good, accurate throws. Accurate throws. This is one of those things. We saw it last year with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott in the preseason was completing like 70% of his passes and people were like, well, it's just a rookie this year. He's a natural thrower. Uh, No, this is a guy who understands how to read what is out there and throw to the guy that's actually open. And I think Trubisky is some of those same things and the ability for him to be able to extend plays. That really helps a guy like Kendall Wright, a guy that's out there on the waiver wires who's the only last viable receiver on this team. Marcus Wheaton is never going to make an impact for you in fantasy you're, unless you're playing a Didn't best he ball break league. Didn't his finger? No, he, he's back from it now. With a broken, yeah, I dislocated. He hurt himself again. Well, I mean, he, hurt he hurt himself, himself again, again on the game. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is this. Kendall Wright is your one solid guy. Now, with Trubisky there, now you might be able to actually see some growth out of Adam Shaheen. Or you might be able to see Zach Miller be able to extend what he's been doing to a better level. This is the tight end. Who else outside of Kendall Wright are you really expecting anything out of from a wide receiver on this team? No. Who's why do they keep cutting
1: Gentry? In my opinion, he might be the best receiver on the team. And two, you know how little they liked Victor Cruz by how many guys have gone down in this wide receiver crew, and that they well, haven't that him, can't play. that they haven't asked asked him to come back. He yeah. didn't look garbage. He made some plays with Trubisky, but just just putting that out there. That just showed you how not making the team Victor Cruz was going to be because they've had serious and, Has runs. anybody else that
2: come is... and sniffed Victor Cruz since the Bears cut him? No. No. So, look, I, I, this is this is a dumb thing. I've been listening in Chicago radio all week. People who are clamoring for this. That the, is dumb sometimes. It is dumb sometimes because you hear the idiots. <laughs> but Bill from this, Bob from where? It's always Bill and Bob. Uh, but when you get What are you going to get? You're going to get a guy off of his couch that's going to come in, he's going to learn the Bears' offense, and all of a sudden, after he hasn't been playing for the first five weeks of the season, all of a sudden make the Bears better? Like People are calling out for Vincent Jackson to be signed by the Bears. If Vincent Jackson was good enough to be signed by anyone, don't you think he would be out there? Don't you think he would be signed by somebody that he would be better than that's out there? How was your
1: rant. Terrell Owens. I'm done. (laughs) Marrell <laughs> Owens, I think he can still. He still thinks he can people, play. People sent that text too. <laughs> go. go, and so, I think we're, we're, we're closing in. The Bears don't have. To so Reed Cohen, go to Jordan Howard. Let him close yeah, it if out. If the Bears
3: don't run the ball thirty-five times with Trubisky at quarterback, they're doing it absolutely wrong. Like you have to take care of this guy against the Minnesota Vikings. This is a ferocious pass defense. They have pass rushers, they have corners, they have safeties, they will hit you. You have to run the ball against this team to keep them honest. That's the only way Trubisky's going to have success immediately. Like, But the upside of his fantasy game is a complete unknown. Um, yeah, he's had 10 days to work at it, but... No, you're looking at Minnesota, who's coming off of a bad loss against Tampa Bay, and who, if they want to stay in the division race with Green Bay, needs to put on a show. Their defense is stifling. You're looking at Deontay Thompson going up against Xavier Rhodes. No. Like, Josh Bellamy against Xavier Rhodes? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, so Underneath is going to be where everything is going to happen. Kendall Wright is going to be your best chance at success because he's coming out of the slot. But, you know, Harrison Smith and their linebackers, they like to flash. Uh, and the tight end position, there's been nothing to speak so of. So let's go back to the back. For 24. This, this, So this is a dead stop. Like, all you're doing is... Going to the tight end or going to the running backs, you're starting Jordan Howard and you're starting Tariq Cohen in hopes that he gets more targets than he did last week. And you hope that they stay in the game so they keep using Cohen instead of Benny Cunningham.
2: Right, but shouldn't this be one of those things where the fact of Trubisky in the way that he should be able to be more competent than Glennon, who has just shown. We finally have the proof. This is not a competent quarterback. Yeah, maybe you want to bring him in and mop up duty in a 15 situation. Million a year. 18, eighteen million guaranteed, but fifteen million a year. It doesn't matter. He's a three. That was eighteen million guaranteed. You think they're caught him next year? Oh yeah, it was eighteen million guaranteed. He's gone. Nah, no, he might be around for another year. For uh, I don't year. know. two-year, thirty. Let Sanchez hold the goddamn clipboard. You're right. You know? Mel Mel baby. Baby. Oh, and now i got to freeze. Right, I'll give you a different one. I'll give this one. We bring adults and
0: children together to enhance the lives of these children through one-on-one friendships. I already prefer jail. <clears throat> I think we're good here, guys. I,
1: uh, I think that was a great for- friggin' show. Love talking this stuff. Can't even believe it's already week five. And, um, you know, as far as the listening audience, hope you guys are like, rocking it and c- crushing it in your leagues. If not, do us a favor and uh, keep joining us on the social media. Uh, join Pyro Pro and get that direct access to the Pyro Mindshare uh, second opinions. You can ask us direct questions on anything from trades to stardoms uh, and situms to waiver wire action to whatever it is. And um,
2: hit it up. Get Let us know. You got one more? I got one more. Oh, uh, if it'll work. No, I guess I don't.
1: Tom Petty, we love you. I'm actually truly very sad. I don't think I've been sad about a rock and roller dying um, as much since Jerry Garcia passed away. And that was uh, over 25 years ago. And what
2: was our opener?
1: Our opener was um, uh, Strangled in the Night. Strangered in the Night? Strangered in the Night, Night." Strangered in the Night. And we're
2: closing with... um uh, for me, uh, and I, uh, me and my buddy uh, Siegel, who will hopefully be with us at our event uh, on Friday, Friday. Friday uh, we went uh, and saw Tom Petty back at Poplar Creek Auditorium, uh, if you remember Poplar Creek Music Theater, uh, which has since been torn down and torn in, uh, turned into a golf course. Uh, the 1992 tour right after I did the Great Wide Open tour. Uh, and we were both poor and we bought a concert t-shirt together. And we shared it and we actually, like, after one guy it, he had to give it to the other guy. and then uh, That's awesome. It, yeah. Yeah. So Tom Petty and amazing guy to see in concert because so many great songs, they're all singable. But those of us here, me and D-Rex, who would like to not give you the songs that everybody else is playing, yeah, so we gave you Stranger Didn't Night to start and I want to give you one of my favorite songs off Full Moon Fever. Uh, the apartment song to close out.
1: Respect. Thanks for following us on the Spanish football journey. Let us know if you guys got any questions. Let's do this. Stag party, always awesome to do this with you. You too, Houdini. Much love out to everyone. Make love, not war.
0: Cool. I like the idea of it more than I actually like it. Ooh, they got chicken fingers. I'm gonna run a train on these chicken fingers. I'm just gonna be like... Num, 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 num. Let me guess. You're not really wrong with the ladies at school, are you, Augie? Oh, no, I'm, I'm really good friends with the school nurse. She's a divorcee. So, um, Augie, it's, it's a pretty interesting cape. Are you like a superhero or something? I wish. No, this is just, this is part of my battle
3: attire for Lair.
0: What the hell is that? It's, it's this fancy world where anything is possible.
3: One minute you could be sparring with an elf, and the next you could be, be battling against a troll who wants nothing more than just to steal your gold and leave you penniless.
0: Sounds gay.
3: No, no, there's, there's girls there. Girls could be gay. If by gay you mean the old English definition of
0: fun, enjoyable, and carefree, then yes, it's extremely gay. I think they meant the other definition.